This is a Props.com production. The Bostonian is Matt Perrault. This is our f- city. The book is Dave Sherapan. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Together, they are the Bostonian versus the book. You covered! You covered 12! I covered! Follow the show on Twitter at Boston versus the book. How do you like them, Matt? Bringing you the best insight on sports betting news, Matt and Dave's daily picks, and an entertaining and unfiltered dive into the sports betting industry. Here's Dave Sherapan and Matt Peralt. And here we go. What's up, boys and girls? Welcome into another episode of the Bostonian versus the book. I'm the Bostonian, Matt Peralt, Dave Sherapan, the book. And we get to talk golf on a Tuesday. (laughs) All right, Dave, we got two big ones. Tiger in the NFL changing their overtime rules. Take your pick, my friend. Which one do you want to start the program off with today? I don't care. Either one. Which one you want to talk about? Well, I'm in love with the fact that the NFL still can't get this right. That the NFL decides we're going to change the rule because we know that the public's pissed off. So we're changing the rule. But we're not changing the rule for the regular season. No, we're changing the rule for the Post season only. Dumb. It's just dumb. It's just they weren't gonna pass it, Dave. They weren't yeah. gonna pass it. They decided that they weren't gonna actually do this unless they said, okay, fine, playoffs only. We're we're not doing this for the regular season. They're all gonna vote it down, but then the amendment was put into the okay. So we're gonna table this. It's not gonna pass, but what if we just did it for the playoffs? <laughs> And then 29 to three, the vote comes down. Yeah. All the others are like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we can do that because most of them, half of them won't be in the bleeping playoffs. Right. So what do they care if the rule changes for the postseason? Oh, I mean, you know, they probably got player safety in mind the whole time. And oh. They don't want to do it in a regular season. Got 60 minutes ratings in mind is what they've got. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fast. Can't get those games going all the way into, you know, on the 60 minutes, except on the West Coast. Yeah. <laughs> right. Can't have that. You definitely can't have that. Tick, 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 tick. Yeah, yeah. No, the game's already run long enough. Who knows? I mean, it is just it, it it's just terrible. I don't even pay no mind. Like I heard, I only heard about it when you you sent me the 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 rundown. I was like, what? They did what? Like this nonsense. <laughs> fix it or don't. I I I mean, this is kind of like, well, we'll fix it just in case it really matters, but it doesn't really matter. Bills fans have got to be like, really? But here's the question. And this was posed by a listener of this program to us on Twitter just about 15 minutes ago. And I said, okay, I'm going to ask Dave this question. Does it move the total in the postseason at all, knowing that that is on the table, that you could have more scoring with both teams having the football, maybe an extra possession, maybe an extra field goal, maybe an extra touchdown? Maybe. Do you think it should? I don't mean it might. I don't think so. Yeah, I think I don't, th- I don't think you, I don't think you can book a game on the hypothetical. Maybe you got to book a game based on what you think is going to happen in the in the. If it goes to overtime, it goes to overtime. Like yeah, I mean that's the way I your DOA normally anyway. Anyway, like it just right. Yeah, I, was, I wouldn't think it would affect too much, but who knows? I mean, it's just another thing. You're just like ay, ay, ay. I mean, can they just get 
get the interference rule right. <laughs> What's get that okay. right? What do you want fixed on that? Can't be what it is now. It Why? affects the game too much. It's you want just, the college rule? I'm good with the college rule, but apparently right. you can't do that because then, oh, they'll be lighting guys up. Still 15 yards in a first down. Make it a little bit harder to score. It's not 50 in a first round, in a first down, though. It's 15. Yeah, that's what I said. 15. No, that's what I mean. Right now, it's a 50-yard penalty. That would be a 15-yard penalty. DBs will be tackling guys like crazy. They should. <laughs> you want them to tackle guys? <laughs> I mean, I'm, to a, I'm it. unopposed to it. It's the only thing to slow down scoring. It's literally the only thing you can do yeah. without dramatically impacting the outcome of a game. The only fix you could make to slow down scoring would be to say, hey, we're going to change the, the pass interference rule to go to a 15-yard outside of a 15-yard penalty. If, it, if the ball goes beyond 15 yards, it becomes a 15-yard penalty. If it's inside 15 yards, it's a spot foul. I'm good with going back to the way they used to do it and let them cover guys. Well, you Bill know. Belichick would be on board with that. <laughs> he would love to let his cornerbacks could actually play let defense. Him, he would yeah, let them cover yeah. guys again like they used to. And, and you know, then you'll see it kind of just, it'll morph back into, I mean, there's got to be somewhere happy medium in between. I, no, I think, no, they no. don't want happy medium. They want points, points, points. That's a proven fact that they want Ooh, points okay. because points brings eyeballs eyeballs dfs season long fantasy that's what they want they don't want 7-3 football games they do not want that okay then i'm cool with that. They I, mean, want. I, I think i think football is football but they are slaves at the moment to that wing of the football fan base that they want big numbers. They want Brady throwing for 50 touchdowns and 4,000 yards. You know, they don't want defense. They, they don't want the Bears. They don't want even the 01 Patriots. They just don't want those teams anymore to be in the NFL. Right. Your strike zone for hitting a guy is like that big. Yeah. I mean, you can't, <laughs> can't hit right. above here, you can't hit below the yeah. waist. I mean, it's like you your strike zone is so small right. to tackle a guy legally. It's it's quite difficult to play defense. Yeah, that's the I mean it, it it's and it's getting harder and harder. I mean, guys are getting faster, bigger, stronger, and and you you, you gotta stop. You can't hit them too high, you can't hit them too low. It's a penalty. This is that to bring this targeting stuff into all of it. It's a different game. So, I mean. It's great. We fixed the overtime rule, but we can only no. fix it in the playoffs. Yeah. That's it. We, we <laughs> oh, just, it. What are you doing? We just fixed it for the teams that are playing in a single elimination round. Yeah. But the problem is, like we saw with the Raiders and the Chargers, week 16 and week 17 can be playoff games. I mean, yeah. they can be elimination games. So those rules, Did I mean, they add play- more teams to the playoffs again. Did they no. do that yet? I mean, no, that's only they didn't. probably next. Yep. That's add next more teams in. Yep, I, I would agree with that. I just think it's so funny that they were going to have it was not going to be ratified for the regular season, but then the second that it became just the postseason, it became a twenty nine three vote, like overwhelming support. I'm like, oh yeah, shoot, of course, do it then. Yeah, great compromise. So why would a team? Why would a team vote because it was the playoffs? Vote yes and not vote yes for the regular season. Because, I like I said. Because of ratings. They don't want the games to go on too long. They want the games to wrap quickly. Ratings? Mm. They want the games to get over. They don't want the games to go long. They don't want these games bleeding over. Long A game in the regular season, if you have both teams touch the football, 
a a one o'clock Eastern time kick game can bleed really quickly into the four o'clock window. They do now because there's so many flags. Okay, but now add now add another that long anyway. Right. So now add another six minute possession for somebody. Commercials. Well, that ain't happening. Come on, that ain't happening. You know that they're not cutting their dollars. So they voted too many sports books wanting to advertise time in this. Oh God, please. So that's the point that they don't want because that 425 window Eastern Eastern time is so important. It's a huge window for Fox and for CBS. Whoever has that game, that's monster. The Fox, remember the Fox game of the week? Yeah. The the game of America, whatever the hell they call it on Fox. Yeah. They don't want that game. They don't want that interrupted. They want their pregame show. They want the little intro. They want all that. And then they don't want the games happening on the four o'clock window to bleed into Sunday night. NBC wants their pre ramp up you know whoever the hell is doing the games now for sunday night football who is doing the games for sunday night football do we know no who's doing mo it's tarico right is it collinsworth it's tarico and collinsworth still yeah, it's collinsworth i think yeah yeah and well, al is al is he's doing monday night no no he's doing thursday night sorry on amazon he's doing thursday night right al michaels is not fun i forget who's doing the games on thursday night who cares well, i do i care Come on. I care. Okay. I like I, I I care about broadcasters. I they they I they add I mean people, my... yeah, it's great, but you're not is watching it, it just because of the broadcast. Herb Street, right? Discussion. Oh, Herb yeah. Street's on Thursday? Herb Street with Michaels, right? Yeah, right on Thursday. Her, yeah. And, and then and then Romo and Thursday night football. Yeah, are doing Monday. Romo and, and sorry, I'm Romo, sorry. Uh, um Buck Aikman and, and Buck are doing Monday yeah. night. Right. So it's pretty I mean, I don't like Tarico, so it's kind of a tough gig for me. I like Sunday night a lot and I like but that's why they don't want these games bleeding over each other, so they want to wrap them up. Get them done. That's why they don't want it for the regular that's season. Even, that's even more of a reason to to not like the whole thing. That's that's <laughs> that's that's a, more of a stupid reason to 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 say yes or no to it because the games might run too long. Don't worry about the quality of play and it actually being right. Don't worry about that. Worried about no. it running too long. Okay, here we go. Is what it is. Big story of the day. Dubsy Anderson will be joining us coming up here at the bottom of the hour. Props Golf, our new host. We will get into this topic because, well, we we all woke up this morning. Tiger Woods, who has a big plane, by the way, not a small little plane. Tiger's got a big plane. Like he can fit like 30 people on that plane. That his tail number, like a football coach going to a new job, the Tiger trackers were all out for Tiger Woods right now at the Masters at Augusta National Golf Club with his son, with Justin Thomas. They're playing a practice round. As so succinctly put, when I asked on Twitter, are you betting Tiger Woods 50 to 1 to win the Masters? (laughs) Somebody wrote, Awful bet, mandatory bet. <laughs> and I thought that was absolutely oh. perfectly put. Oh, God. 50 to 1 Tiger Woods to win the Masters. How do you feel? Make the call. Is he playing? I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think he is, but you, you don't know, think he is? Great. No, I mean, why is he there then? To see if he could play. That's a lot okay. of walking. Like, I yeah. don't know. I mean, that's, you know, I, and I don't think, does he want to play and like, you know, finish T28? Yes. If he makes the cut, I think that's incredible. 
I don't know. I don't know. This dude almost lost his leg. If he makes the cut at Augusta National, I'll be floored. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather that bet. I mean, it's not a good bet. No, it's an awful bet. I agree. um, But it's also a mandatory bet. You have no choice but to take it at 50 to 1. How do you not? Why? Because it's Tiger at the Masters. (laughs) So you don't have to bet it. What are you talking about? What's 10 bucks? Come on. What's a sandwich? It's 50 to 1. All right. Throw 10 bucks on it and see what happens. Good luck with that. Why not? It's 500 bucks. Potentially you pull down. Take it. Okay. 10 bucks. Why don't Take you it on the flyer. see if he makes the cut for the weekend, then bet it. Well, we'll be 50 to one then. Okay. What's it going to be? Is he going to be leading after two rounds? Jesus. Could you imagine if Tiger Woods is leading the masters after two rounds? No. Almost loses his leg a year ago. And the dude's now back leading. There's no freaking way. I mean, again, he has to make the cut. I would just say, I, I would rather that bet. Tiger to make the cut, and I would bet the no. If he's eight, yeah, if he's eight shots back, ten shots, but whatever the cut line is, he just barely makes it or whatever, you know, the odds will be higher than 50 to one. So I don't know if it's mandatory or not. I don't know. There's no mandatory bets ever. You think um, he'll be higher than 50 to one if he's on the weekend? If he's, if the cut is, um, what what is what is the rule at the Masters? Eight strokes of back and more from the leader or whatever it is. Yeah, it's if he's what, the guy yeah. at the bottom of the, of the of on the, the cut, cut line. line yeah. Okay, he ain't winning the Masters. <laughs> you can, so you can make it. What are you, you going to make it lower? Yeah. Okay. If Tiger Woods is playing on the weekend, if he's playing well enough to make the cut, I will say this: Tiger Woods would be will have better odds than fifty to one. I don't know. To win I mean, the Masters. We could take more bets if it was higher. We could leave it at 50 to 1 if that's what it is now. Mm. I don't know. But, yeah, that's, it'd be great. I don't know. We'll ask Dubsy. It'll be fun. See if he's going to play. It's a fun I story. I think he's playing. I think he's playing. That's great. I really do. Yeah. I mean, look. Masters hopes he's playing. Oh Books hope God. he's playing. Golf C- fans hope he's playing. I hope he's playing. CBS hopes awesome. he's playing. Yeah. CBS is hoping he's playing. Oh my goodness. Uh, that Change would be all the coverage, everything. It'd be awesome. I really wonder. I really wonder where they would put Tiger to tee off on Thursday because you've got that ESPN coverage, ESPN plus coverage in the morning. You got the early. Right. And then it goes and then it goes to ESPN. They have Thursday, Friday still, right? And then CBS yep. takes over on the weekend. Man, does ESPN that's <laughs> Mickey Mouse is popping champagnes if freaking Tiger is in the in the field on Thursday. Those Does ratings that well, I mean, lead we'll, into the oh no, it doesn't lead into the March Badness coverage because you said the next March week. Badness coverage is oh yeah, it's next week. That's right. It's okay. Next week. It's, it's not this week, it's next week. Okay. It's the week, it's the week following. Right. So we have the game on Monday, championship game Monday, first round on Thursday. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, again, it's a fun. Fun thing to talk about, but I don't know. I mean, he ain't going to win. You just said you'd bet him to not make the cut before you'd bet him to make the cut. So, yeah. But yet you'd make a mandatory bet to piss away whatever you said, $10, because, you know, it's Tiger and the Masters. Been wrong before. Not really good for the EV people, Matthew. They're going to give him. I don't care about the EV. I'm just telling you, hell, I bet Duke to win it all based on a a narrative. (laughs) Like, you got a shot at that. 
Okay. You can't win. Tiger can't win a Masters. There's no way. Oh, I mean, that so, I disagree with. You, Tiger can come back after almost losing his leg, not playing a, a single round of competitive golf, show up at Augusta next week and win? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. He can. If anybody can do it, that oh, dude can do it. the greatest comeback ever. I hope that would be I don't fun think so. Hold on. Who's who's who is the golfer who almost lost his leg and came back and won a match? Won a major? Ben Hogan. Ben Hogan, right? right? Ben Hogan. What yeah. tournament did Ben Hogan win? I don't. Uh, off the top of my head, I don't know. Hold on. Was it the Masters or was it the U.S. Open? Car accident in 1949. Uh, let's see. He came back. Let's see. He what did he do? He crossed Ben Hogan's bridge, which is at Augusta, which is crazy. Um, he won the PGA. He won the PGA Championship. Okay. I don't know. I'm not putting it past Tiger Woods if he's healthy enough to play. If he can walk, he was a Ryder Cup captain afterwards. Not putting it past Tiger. If he's out there today and he says, yes, I can play. Oh, man. That'd look out. Fun, fun look for out. content, fun for books, fun for all kind of stuff. There won't Just be a book on out. planet Earth that won't be rooting that he wins second place. <laughs> right, exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Come in, play well. Just don't win play this freaking well, thing. Play the weekend. Yep, and then lose. Be competitive. Don't you dare win this thing right now. Otherwise, we're going to be digging out of this hole the rest of the year. Goodness gracious. Yeah. I mean, Circa's got the no up, right, for Tiger to win it all? I think so. Yeah, that probably is a decent bet. Although you're laying some psychotic juice, I'm sure, to go ahead and do it. But yeah. My goodness gracious. All right. <laughs> Dubsy Anderson's going to come on here in 10 minutes. We'll get his take on that. On the new podcast, Props Golf, starts in one week from today. You can go subscribe to that podcast right now. It's going to be a roller coaster ride with this dude. If you haven't heard Dubsy, his teaser episode got me fired up. <laughs> I listening to it, I was he like, does. this is going to be electric. I cannot wait to have him do a pod for us two times a week, Tuesday, Saturday, starting with the Masters. It's going to be tons of fun. I cannot wait. <laughs> I do segments with him on Sports Grid. And literally the first two minutes is like him just going and you're like Dubsy breathe I don't know how he talks he's, and he keeps going and going it's great it, it gets you excited about talking about golf betting on golf you know and he's looking at all the different markets and all that other stuff for people yeah. that are new to it you're going to discover one he's a super dude I mean just a fun guy but two different ways to bet golf that maybe you didn't know about or different things. I mean, between this like three ball thing and all this mm. other stuff, it's fun. It's a lot. I mean, and you got action ideally at least for two days. Sometimes right. when you bet the first round leader, it's just one day, but like you can bet the matchups daily or, you know, for the whole tournament. There's, there's a lot of things that Dubsy will help you get there. So we'll do that coming up. Former PGA Tour caddy, Dubsy Anderson coming in. Dubs host of Props Golf starting next Tuesday on this YouTube channel and on all audio platforms. Okay. So we did the buy sun yesterday during our favorite thing of, to, buy of today. 
<laughs> which was a joke that your daughter created. And we said, oh, it's too bad that there's not a Buffalo team playing or, you know, the Bucknell. Oh. And then you we said, wait, the Sabres are playing. <laughs> oh, yeah, but they're huge dogs to the Blackhawks. Like, how are they dogs to the Blackhawks? It was four nothing <laughs> Chicago. Yeah, it was. <laughs> this was just like the Golden Knights. I just kind of like brushed it off. Chicago up big. Chicago yep. was up big against Vegas. They blow it. 6-5. They lose. They did it again. I don't know how the hell they did it again, but they did it again. They blew it again. It was 4 nothing. It was 5-5. Five, five, and then the goal, not in overtime, but it was oh. like a goal when you play air hockey. Oh. And you go ahead and hit the hit the air puck, and then you try to play defense by pulling your, your, your goalie back, and you smack the thing into your own net, and you lose playing air hockey. That's what happened with Lankin yesterday. Knocked the puck in the back of the net. Given the tent, I only watched 15 seconds of that game last night, Dave. I turned it on. It's 5 5. I'm like, what the hell? Buffalo <laughs> might win this. And all I see is doink, doink in the net. Game over. Buffalo wins six to five. It was so funny because I was on with the boys on in game live and we're like, and Cam loves Buffalo. He bets them every week or every day. It feels like. <laughs> wow. And he was like, Man, I can't believe Buffalo's down four nothing, and it was plus two and a half goals. And we were like, "You should probably take plus two and a half goals in game." Yeah. And then the score flipped so fast, and then you texted me that they won. I knew it was tied, so I was like, "Oh, good, the puck line got there. That's fine." And then you sent me the thing, the tweet with the goal, and I was like, "Oh, oh my goodness! Like if you had Chicago and you lost oh. that way, like." You can't lose that way. And if you had Buffalo, I ran downstairs and showed Kendall. I'm like, hey, bye, son. And she's like, bye, son. What are we? Are we going somewhere? And I'm like, no, look. And I showed her. So she's like, that's Buffalo. And I'm like, well, no. I mean, that, that's Buffalo Sabres, but that's what they look like. And tried to explain it. That was awesome. I mean, that's a bad loss again for, for the Blackhawks, but I can't help it right now. I mean, they traded Flurry and it got, oh, man. Oof. That's a tough oh. one. That was a tough one. It's a bad, bad Broken L. stick, puck goes off the backboard to Dasher and comes out like in slow motion. <laughs> and Lincoln and kicks it and kicks it in the back of the net. Couldn't get out of the way. And then did you see um, Eric uh, tweeted that he the video of him smacking his stick against oh, the yeah. post. Oh, yeah. Lankin was pissed. He was really <laughs> mad. Couldn't break the stick. Yeah, he couldn't break wrong. it. He couldn't break it. Well, it's like fiberglass now. Those things aren't wood anymore. I know. So it's really hard to break them. You can't. Oh. It's like a $400 stick, too. It's oh. like goalie sticks are super expensive now. He, so it's. He couldn't yeah, break the stick. Couldn't he break it. Made him two, three, four times. Made him Smack even him angrier up. that you couldn't break it because it wouldn't, it wouldn't break. That's, and they lose the game six to five on back to back games. They blow four nothing leads. Oh. That is on, I mean, just horrific for Chicago, man. That is bad, bad, bad. All right. The Celtics last night, we couldn't figure it out. They were catching seven and a half points. Now, man. I know Robert Williams was out, and I know that we saw Tatum and Brown both be rested by Boston. They, go to overtime and they win and they cover again. I don't know what the hell you do with this team. I mean, the book's got to just be like throwing up their hands going, what the hell do we do? All the steam came in three and a half, four and a half, five and a half, six and a half, seven and a half, all on the Raptors, all in the CLV trash can. 
Unbelievable. I mean, it's 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 a nightly occurrence. You can't get to the playoffs fast enough when you're in the book in situations like this because you're just like, man, what in the world do we do? And I don't know. I mean, the Celtics could be the one seed. Uh, we, we talked about it yesterday with Chris, right? And I mean, if you didn't listen to that, go back and listen to that show. Go watch it on props.com. But he said it. The East is a mess. I mean, like a mess in a good way. It's mm-hmm. open. We started this show December 14th. They were 11 games back of the one seat. They were in the 10th spot in the standings. It's four months. Think about where we've come with the show in four months. The Celtics are the number one team in the East. <laughs> well, no, not today. I think it flips right. if yep. if uh, Milwaukee wins or something. Yeah. Yep. Um, but like Bucks win today, they'll back to be, be back in the one seed. Right. So, oh man, it's 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 crazy. I mean, at some point, you and the rest of the Celtics fans. I mean, you actually kind of are starting to believe a little. Oh, bit. Oh, I came around. I bet it last night. I bet plus seven and a half. Yeah. Well, one seven and a half hit. I was like, okay, fine. I'll take seven and a half. And then they were up. Uh, the in game, it was really funny because I took seven and a half and I almost bet it again, but I didn't because the Celtics were up 40 to 30. And the in game was Raptors minus four and a half. They wouldn't. So, what you're seeing now in the in game, that's funny because we were actually, I would. Gabe was, and uh, Cam and I were talking about that because, you know, they're huge Raptors guys. Right. And they're like, when are the Raptors going to be dogs? And I'm like, the Celtics don't have anybody playing. This is one of those things where it's going right. to be an early start. Like if they're they're rolling like this, they wouldn't go away. It took until after halftime. Well, the Raptors actually took the lead at halftime. I think they were up by three. Yep. So it took till after halftime for them to actually make it. I think it was very quick, but the Celtics were favored oh. at one point, but it didn't happen until the second half. Three and a half. Uh, sorry, three. Celtics lost the game by three. So yeah. they covered the seven and a half. They covered yep. the opening number at three and a half. Yep. Four and a half, five and a half, six and a half, seven and a half. Celtics cover every number. <laughs> yeah. Anybody who bet the Raptors last night, you lost. No matter what the number you bet, you oh. lost. Crazy. That was with nobody for playing for Boston, but that's what we're seeing. And we saw it. You know, it's either that type of situation where the team is in it or it's like the other game where the Grizzlies hammered the Warriors last night. Warriors don't play anybody. And the Grizzlies win the game by, what, 30 last night. That game was an absolute laugher for the Grizzlies and the Warriors. I don't know what you do with the Warriors right now, Dave. I mean, how do you back them ever right now? You don't. I don't think I don't think you can. I mean, without Steph, it's just it's just a no play or a play against. And. You know, I you saw the number drift back, right? I mean, the bad guys took the Warriors plus the points. And, I mean, you know, we talked about it on the show early, talking about laying it. Keep laying it. Like, it was just it, Memphis is playing. They're trying to get that two seed, right? The Golden State has accepted their fate. Yeah, they're, they have sort of right? punted on it. Yeah, I would That's agree it. with that. They're the three yeah. seed. They're like, we're going to have to play this team on the road. It's fine. we got to win that first-round series, which is going to be tough. I mean, they're they're not getting a bunny in the first right. round. Whoever it is is going to give them a challenge. So I think I'd be more worried about, you know, you have that Golden State future. And I'm thinking that through, like, they're going to have a hard road to get to the Suns. Um, hmm. And it's going to go through Memphis. Memphis is legit. Memphis is seriously a good basketball team. They're doing this without jaw. 
<laughs> he comes back. It's like, wow, we could do anything. His team may actually catch the belief that they can actually, you know, win a Western Conference. All right. So what we're going to do here is we're going to bring on Dubs. I'm going to let the, you two talk for a little bit. I got to go upstairs and figure out what the hell's going on. Something, something's happening at my house at my door. So someone's at my door. Okay. I need to figure out what's going on at my door. But let's bring on the new host of Props Golf, Mr. Dubsy on Twitter. <laughs> oh, the dude, the myth, boys. the man himself. Go subscribe right now to Props Golf. Dubsy, what's up, my man? How are you? Welcome to the Props family. We can't wait to have all these great conversations. Welcome to the Bostonian versus the book. Lads, very excited to be here. Props Golf, I mean, talk about coming in with an absolute punch. I am absolutely charged. A week out from the Masters. You know I'm going to bring the heat for this one, boys. Back in winner. It ain't a hobby, boys. This is business time. We're in the business of making that bread, making that moolah. Golf, sports betting. It does it all for me, boys. That really gets me going. So great to be here. Great to chat with a couple of goats and you two lads. Let's do it. Let's have a blast, eh? Oh. Dave, take it over. I'll be right back. Yep. So first of all, great to see you. You always bring it every time. People, if you want to see the interview we did with Dubs, we hung out in LA and we, we talked there. That'll give you a little bit of taste of what you're going to bring for this props golf thing. I'm excited. It's awesome. He's trying to tell me that Tiger Woods is playing in the Masters Dave, next week, Doves. It's it's all happening, mate. I can confirm Tiger Woods has landed in Augusta as of this morning in the private jet, the private plane. He's got the caddy, Joey LaCava, there with him. He's going to get a couple reps out there today with Justin Thomas, see how the body pulls up. But look, I, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that the big cat will be playing next week. But, I mean, look, you've got to keep in mind, the big cats, he's a gambler. Tiger Woods, he loves the action. He is a risk taker just like us. I'd have to say if he's about 60%, 65%, he's absolutely going to play in this one. I thought all eyes were ahead to the British Open, St. Andrews, but look, I think he's feeling okay. We saw him at the, the parent uh, parent sibling, the PNC. He looked fantastic. He's put on a bit of weight up top, which is going to do him the world of confidence. And look, Tiger Woods, now what, 46 years of age, He's still a young fella at heart. He is a gamer. He wants to be out there competing with the lads, razzing them up. And this is a golf course. Sure, it's long, but experience goes a hell of a long way. He's got that in spades. So I think he likes his chances, not just to show up. Tiger's not just showing up for the Palmetto champ, you know, sandwiches and, and collect a, a little gift bag there to say thanks for coming, sign a couple autographs. He's there to compete, and I absolutely think he could make the cut. So, all right, so... It- if you had to say right now, I'm not holding you to it, but I mean, yeah. you'll talk about it on the on the podcast and stuff next week when when it starts. But would you make the line? Yes, no. Him playing at Augusta opening round, not the ceremonial stuff. He's yeah, yeah. going to play opening round Thursday. Yes, no. Yes is what price? Is he minus, you know, in your eyes, minus 200? No, I, I think for Tiger to play, yes, it's still going to be plus money, you know, maybe okay. plus 180, plus 200. Okay. You, you know me, Sharapin, love that plus money, baby, and, <laughs> and I, I would be absolutely signing up for that one. And, and you right think now, he'll you, be competitive it. if he plays? Absolutely. I mean, th- this like is a to win course. it or just to make Not the to cut? Not to win it. I, I see making the cut, and you've got to keep in mind, this is a really small field. Only 90 players, uh, I think 52 are going to make the cut here. And, you know, it obviously has that uh, sort of mystique surrounding the the event. It's tough to win, but a lot of course knowledge, a lot of shot making required. He can look back to Zach Johnson when he won it here by playing the small ball. Yes, it's a long golf course, but 
you can lay up on every par five. If he birdies three of the four par fives, three under a day, puts him at 12 under, that wins the Masters. Absolutely. So I think he likes his chances. Tiger's not going there to make up the numbers. Not at this point. He's going there to compete for sure. What do you make of, and I'm sorry, I, I, I walked out, but what do you make of the idea that Tiger wouldn't be doing all the pomp and circumstance today? He knows what he's doing. He knows by showing up with his son and playing with Justin Thomas. I mean, how is he not playing now? I mean, why would he be there today if he wasn't going to play? No, I, I love his chances. I mean, you know, he's been seen there at Medalist, the local track in Florida. Joey LaCarva's been out there walking the course with him. And right now, the closer we get to the event, the more the buzz that goes, that's going to give him a certain you know level of adrenaline to feed off. Of course, he's not going to be feeling great, but he hasn't felt great for a long time. Obviously, it's a big injury to come back from, but I think he wants to be out there with the boys. Uh, you know, he misses the locker room, the chit chat, having a bit of a, a side pun. I'm sure he's having plenty of action out there with JT today. So, I think the closer we get without him saying, no, he's not playing, the more likely he will be to uh, pegging it up Thursday. Dubsy, have you been to Augusta? Yes. How hilly is it? I mean, because we've seen it in person, or I mean, we've seen it on TV for years. I've never been. But you hear about how hard it is to walk. He's coming back from almost losing his leg. Is it even possible because of the hills? He is. And look, it's got a lot more undulation and slope than what you see on the TV. I mean, this is a golf course. It's like the Illuminati run it, very secretive, phones away. But uh, that, that is going to be very draining, very taxing on the body. You throw in a couple of practice rounds. If he plays the par three contest the day prior, it's a lot to take in. There's going to be a lot of questions coming at him. So I just, you know, the only thing that will stop him from playing is saying, maybe I'm not ready to take all of that on just yet. But physically, I think he knows what he signed up for. Suck it up. He can get through two days. If he makes the cut, forget about it. What injury? He won't even know what injury is going on. He's going to have that much adrenaline pumping through the system saying, hey, I'm back here with the boys, the young gunslingers. And right now, the PGA Tour is in such a good space. All these young heavy hitters coming into this one with form. I think you know the, the level of golf probably gone up a couple of pegs since we last saw him back in 2020, but he'd be licking his lips at the challenge. Absolutely. All right, hypothetical, and I know this is a monster hypothetical, but Tiger won the U.S. Open with a bad knee, his blown-out knee. He was able to go out there and do it, and he played through the pain, and he's always had this, you know, military mind, this incredibly sharp type of intensity that let him get through that golf tournament with a bad knee. Now, this will obviously be a bad leg that has been dealt with with numerous surgeries, but in terms of what Tiger can do on the course, you mentioned the par three and, and and the par fives. How much of this is iron play for him? I mean, off the tee, he's going to be long enough, I think. The putter is going to be yeah. the putter, but does it come down just to greens and regulation? If he can do that and put the ball in the right spot, is he live? Yeah, I mean, it's not like Tiger was always hitting a bunch of fairways. He was always spraying it all over the golf course. So as long as he can poke it up there and hopefully poke it onto the fairway, that's going to give him a great chance. I mean, he's still been grinding with his... You know, mid-irons, wedge game. Apparently, his wedge game's fantastic. Um, you, you hear stories he's been shooting worst ball scores at medalists mid-60s, which is just ridiculous. That's worst <laughs> ball. So if you're talking best ball, he's probably you know pushing low 60s there. So the game, other than the big, you know, the big stick, it's in a really good spot. So I think that's why he's sort of gearing up for this one. And for Tiger, I mean, obviously, any golfer, you need those competitive reps. You can't just show up to a big event like this and find your best stuff. But hey, how can we say that Tiger can't, if anyone can do it, absolutely. <laughs> and I think he'll be feeding off, you know, what Phil Mickelson did last year, um, you know, 50 years of age to put up that kind of performance. Tiger's going to be saying, 
I'm only 46. I've done a hell of a lot more than, you know, old lefty there. Let me get out there and show these young guys what's up. Listen, I know your golf game is in tip-top shape. Ah, spend this a bit guy of over here is talking about playing golf. He's over here. Actually, what side? I don't even know what side. <laughs> but hey, Matt is working on playing in this golf tournament at the end of October. The the the, the, the Nevada, Las Vegas, something. City Open, Open, it's called. City Open. Love it. He's got to play. Dubsy, what advice would you give? Well, what, first of all, I think please. I think Matt would would make a very good caddy. You know what stood out to me in that video? Very big calves on him. Mm. Now I've got these little chicken legs. <laughs> Maddie's got some baby cows down there, so yeah, I think he'd be yeah. a very good caddy. You know, yeah. luck in the bag, but mate, <laughs> you know, put put the reps in, put put the hard yards in. You'll be all, you know better for the run. But mate, love to get out there. What a time of year, summer! All these good golf tournaments. You can get out in the links, backs of winners. Doesn't get any better than this, boys. The Masters <laughs> next week. I mean, March Madness. That's all right. The Super Bowl, that was okay. The PGA Tour boys don't sleep on it. The pinnacle. Right. So what do you do? When do you look to fire for the Masters? Do you do it this week? Do you do it next week? Do you wait to see what happens this week and how guys are playing? Like, what do you use as it come to a handicap? Because a lot of people are coming out of their golf slumber and they're going to be kind of looking around going, all right, baseball starts. I don't want to bet opening day. I'm kind of bored yeah. by that. Basketball is coming to an end for college basketball. NBA's in the doldrums until the playoffs. When do you start to get ready for the Masters? Oh, mate, 11 months ago. Uh, you know, <laughs> I've been full tilt towards this thing for a long time, but I don't think the numbers are going to change too much. We've got one final event this week, the Valero Texas Open. We don't have a lot of big names showing up to that one. I think Jordan Spieth, Bryson DeChambeau, that's about it. So I don't think the numbers are going to change much. If you look at the futures, there's still some good value there. The likes of Sammy Burns, Daniel Berger, 31, 41 to 1, respectively. Tiger Woods listed at 50 to 1. I'd love to say get on board, boys, but I, I think you know you can put him at 500 to 1 uh, and, and maybe then I'd think about touching it. But, yeah, ha have a look at the futures market okay. this week. I don't think the numbers are going to change too much prior to next Tuesday, and I don't think you know Tiger playing yes or no is going to uh, have too much of an impact either. How about Phil not playing? What is, how do you read that? Like, what, what, what do you think well, about that, Dubsy? Look, the PGA Tour is very secretive. I wouldn't be surprised if Phil's currently under suspension and he's not allowed to play. We just, you know, we'll never oh. hear about it. That's how the PGA Tour operates. And, I mean, Lefty, he must just be sitting at home going, yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled that Tiger Woods is going to be playing right. next week. I'm so happy with all the life decisions I've made the last six weeks here. Live golf investments. Can't wait for the Palm Beach Pro-Am you know, where, where it's open to four markers and above. Like Mickelson has just absolutely shot himself in the left foot. I, I hate to see it. And look, it sort of takes me back to when these two were coming on the scene. Lefty and Tiger, they didn't always get along. Mickelson was not always likable. Not, you know, neither was Tiger Woods. I remember when I first saw Tiger Woods, uh, I was catting in an Australian Open, and he'd be coming into the, the clubhouse. And it was like the Beatles had hit Australia, right? This is guy, you know, at the height of his powers, he'd never make eye contact. I was always, you know, I'm always looking for a few words. Hey, Tiger, what's good, mate? It was just eyes down, doesn't want to look sideways. So that's the mentality of the big cat. And for Mickelson, I think we've started to see, you know, the true colors of, of what he's all about. And, it, you know, a bit of a sad story, I think. It would have been great to see the two of them back there, the old boys taking on some of these young gunslingers like Morikawa, Ram, Cantlay, Scotty, Scheffler, but it's going to have to wait a bit. Maybe it's going to have to wait uh, longer than a bit. Maybe lefty's gone for good. Well, I'm yeah, sure we'll it, find out soon. It's funny because I, when I was in Alabama, I worked with a guy who was a uh, a golf psychiatrist or psychologist. So he would what work a, a lot of 
a lot of tour players oh, yeah wow. helping helping yeah. them mentally go through it yeah. and he he told me a story of what happened to tiger post fall when the press conference yeah. and all the, the sex stuff came out was that you know tiger at his peak like you mentioned tiger would go to augusta like today and you guys know you know more than i would but i guess there is a list there's a naming list of when your tea time will be for a practice round yeah and you'd have to go ahead and write your name in tiger would literally walk to the first tee look at the person who had think who had put the tea time in looked at him put his ball on the ground and went right ahead of him and just started playing didn't even didn't do anything just walked up and just said get the bleep out of my way i'll do whatever i want and that mentality that game he would play year to year would be oftentimes to the player who was thought to be the guy to beat so he would go in there and literally take his tea time for a practice round at augusta national that's the level of psychology you know psychological games tiger would play with people because he was the tiger woods he could do whatever the hell he wanted yeah. How how has you how has he changed in your mind or has he changed in your mind from a playing perspective mentally from that tiger to this tiger? I think he's let the guard down big time. You know, you see a lot more smiling and laughter around the golf course, which we never you, you know used to see. He gets along well with a lot of the younger guys like Justin Thomas, uh, Ricky Fowler. These young guys have really embraced him. They love having Tiger peg it up in an event. But I think he's starting to lose a bit of that X factor. You know, if he did get in the hunt. Late on Sunday, they're like, well, you know, Tiger, he hasn't really been playing, so I don't know if that's going to scare him too much. But just letting the guard down, being a bit more open to the media. Obviously, he's a different beast. You know, he's not like us. He's not normal up top. He's definitely wired like something else, which has made him as great as he is. Um, I I think, you know, as the kids get a bit older, he's definitely trying his best on that side of things. So I love Tiger. I I love Tiger, the competitor. I mean, Phil Mickelson, you know, I've heard some great stories over the years, like the, the first time he showed up to the Masters, and he goes in the clubhouse. He's like, okay, who's uh, who's looking for a money game? I'm like, no, no, no. This is you know, Augusta. We don't play for money here, Mr. Mickelson. He's like, come on, someone's going to play. So two of the members go out with him. Uh, I think they waxed him for about 100K. He gets in there. He's like, I'm not paying up. Your sandbaggers, forget it. He storms out. So the I think it was the chairman of the club. He goes up to Mickelson. He's like, uh, Phil, just remember uh, the Masters. It's still invite only. Oh. He went back in there, fixed the boys up, returned the following year, won the event, got his first green jacket. So... Uh, Crazy stories, boys. My goodness gracious. Yeah, that's lefty. These boys love the punt. Let's get them on the show, boys. They're like us. Oh, hey. on a different level. We might, have to. we might have to. Dub, you can get them yeah. on the show. We'll ask that's them any it. questions. Do you buy that? Well, since, since you brought that up, I'll ask you this question. It's a little bit controversial. We'll ask it anyway. Th- there's a rumor going around that the reason why Phil was so in love with the Saudis is what, that he's been having some money problems. Do you buy that that could be happening, that that's why he got in bed? I absolutely do. And there's always a lot of speculation. And the the big thing for Phil when he went to Callaway a few years ago was like, you know, he's got some really big digits of debt. We'll take across all that debt. You sign with us, you wear Callaway. And that was the big move going from Titleist. So I've always heard similar things like that for Lefty. I mean, what, what, what kind of wedge are you throwing out on that table, son? to be racking up these kind of bills. <laughs> Dubsy's having a bad week here, but, you know, we can always bounce back. <laughs> I don't know. It, it makes a lot of sense to me because the, the, the quotes were so weird from Phil about, yeah. like, these guys are horrible, but they're awful human beings, but he kept nah. on, like, having this, like, reason. Yeah. It's like, why do you want their money so desperately? And he alienated himself and now put himself into a corner, yeah. and he's by himself now, and they just basically, you know, put a big, you know, fence around him and said you can't go yeah. near him. And yeah. now I think you're called really by him sad. being 
lightly suspended is a pretty good call. Or at least Augustus yeah. says, hey, do us a favor. We're not inviting you. Just take yourself off of this. Yeah, it, it's, it's like when you see a PGA Tour player snap a couple of clubs and throw them in the creek. You never hear about how much they actually get fined. They're really secretive with that side of things. I mean, the players want to know just so there's like that bar, that expectation. But the PGA Tour, really old school. Mm. So yeah. good. So yeah. good. Nah. Dubsy, man, thank you so much for the time. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. We'll do the whole Masters breakdown next oh, week. We'll have you on for every major you're coming on. But you guys go and subscribe to Props Golf. It starts on Tuesday of a week from today on Apple, on all your uh, audio platforms. YouTube for the video right here. If you're watching on our YouTube channel, you'll get Dubsy two times a week, Tuesdays and Saturdays for Props Golf with Dubs Anderson. My friend, thank you for the time. Can't wait till next week. Let's hope Tiger's in the field. Cannot wait, boys. I'm like the Will Smith of golf betting. If these books show me a little bit of disrespect, everyone's getting slapped. Let's have a wait, boys. Bring on the golf. <laughs> Love you, my friend. That's awesome. That's Dubs Anderson. Yes. Go check it out. Props Golf. The teaser is up right now. You guys can go and subscribe to it. And every Tuesday and Saturday, Dubsy will be on with us or on the on for props will be up for YouTube. My friend, thank you for coming on. Really appreciate it. Tiger's boys. I think Tiger's playing. I do. I think Tiger's playing. I mean, he's trying to. You know, he's going. He's gonna. He's going to. to you know, and like Dubsy said, he's not going to. You know, play around. Do a, uh, you know. Uh, ceremonial practice round. Like he's right. going to play. See if he can play. We got to walk up and down these hills. We got to hit golf shots. If we can play, we're playing. You get that feeling, right? Mm. And I mean, him and Charlie are going to play the par three, right? Like they're going to. He's going to let Charlie carry the bike. Like there's that no would question. be pretty cool if Tiger in <laughs> Charlie play. It would really be neat. Is, I yeah. I wa I watched Arnie, Gary Player and J uh, and Jack play. About two years before Arnold Palmer died, maybe three years before he in died. In person, you were there. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I I went to it's. I've only been to the Par Three tournament. I've only been to the Wednesday for Augusta. That's it. Right. But it was really fun. <laughs> I mean, the yeah. Par Three, the energy is exciting. Uh, I mean, it's just a really unique part of sports to kind of watch that and watch the guys play. And you know how many times you see hole in ones. It gets very kind of like. When there's not a hole in one, you kind of feel like, oh, you get like mad <laughs> or you get like a bad shot. You're like, what the hell happened type of thing. But Tiger and Charlie playing together will be really, will be really special if that's what happens. It'd be no cool doubt. to see I mean, what happens. Just not like, remember when Finau snapped his ankle? Yes. I, I have like nightmares about that when he dislocated <laughs> his ankle. Thing, thing, thing went sideways. Like just literally made an L. His ankle like, made an L. He popped it back into place. He just went click like it was nothing. Yeah. Like, He's his, like, he just dislocated his like what the I bet against him second that happened. I was like, okay, oh. we're fading Tony Fino. <laughs> and he played pretty well that tournament. He with, did. But he played pretty I well. Know. I love this stuff. Like, and and what Dubs will give you is like for me, I was too busy playing other sports. And I went one time when I was a teenager to play golf with actual kids that golfed and mm. I stunk. And I was like, I can't, I don't have time for this. It's messing up my baseball swing. I never did yeah. it. Golf shot, everything. I mean, one of shot. the first things that I covered when I was an intern at KDK in Pittsburgh was the Arnold Palmer was a two day invitational called the family house invitational at his golf course in Laurel Valley. Right. They're like, show up. We'll tell you what to do. I get there and they tell me you're going to follow Arnold Palmer around for nine Very holes. Cool. We're wiring him up 
for a microphone, you get to listen to him and his caddy and follow him around for nine holes. And I was like, okay, that sounds cool. Yeah. And then I was like, wait a second. I'm in, I'm in Latrobe is the way people called it, but it oh, was it's not Latrobe. Know, it's not Latrobe. It's a, natives call it Latrobe. Interesting. Okay. And is Rolling Rock really like known? Is that like a big deal in Latrobe? Yes. Wow. Oh yeah. It's yeah, a, horrible, a big deal. It's a horrible beer. Anyways, it's that's gone. Terrible. I it's hate terrible, it. It's a oh beer. my God. I hate it. <laughs> rolling it's Rock's so a bad. terrible beer. Sorry, people that listen and watch the show. I hate that it's Rolling Rock beer. shit. Oh Yingling is much Yingling is much better. Yingling is much better. It ain't and I'm not trying to start a fight, but Yingling is worlds above Rolling Rock. Yes. But I followed him for nine holes and got to watch and listen and see the admiration. And then watch him play golf when he could still play golf back then. Wow. And I was like, damn, is this cool? And then the next thing after I finished the nine holes, he gave us the wires mic back that was he was wearing and all the stuff. Said thank you. They said go sit at this par three and log the shots. Freddie Couples was the first one up. He was so cool. He hit a ball on a par three. It was one eighty three, and he hit it to within three feet. Mm. And I was with the camera guy, watched the shot go up, and I was behind the green and come down, and it just did that little trickle back. I was like, did he just do that? And then he came down and walked, made the putt, walked off so cool. I'm like, yeah, I got to learn how to golf immediately. I got to learn how to golf. And that's so funny because like Arnold and Jack are together, right? I mean, they're just like together. It's Phil and Mickelson. It's Phil and Tiger. It's Arnie and Jack. So you walked with Arnie. I walked a course with Jack. Oh, really? So when I was in Omaha, he opened up a golf course called Dismal River out in Western Nebraska. So Sand Hills is a very well-known private course out in the Western part of Nebraska. It's the only time you can play link style, European English style golf in the States. Mm. There's just nothing but hills that they create and flat and yeah. Sand Hills. You fly in with a private jet, you fly in and you fly out to Sand Hills to play out there. All big time celebrities, big time money. People go out there and play. So he, Jack built a, competitor to sand hills in western nebraska so i get this phone call and i'm doing afternoon drive in omaha and they're like hey we're opening up this course would you come out and stay for the weekend and on the last day jack is going to walk the course and he's going to tell everybody why he designed the course the way he designed the course Mm -hmm. so we played it on Saturday, we drove out from Omaha to, it was five and a half hours. That's how big Nebraska is, but five and a half hours into the middle of nowhere, Nebraska <laughs> played the course on Saturday, slept in these incredible private bungalow, little things on the course, get up on Sunday morning, 10 AM walk out there. And we walked with us and 30 other people walked the entire course with Jack as he did shot by shot saying why he built it, where he put the pins, what's his thought process behind. And he played it. We watched him play the course. And then afterwards I sat down for a one-on-one with Jack. And like, this is like me, 24 year old me, like having no idea, like what the hell I'm doing. I'm actually sitting here talking to Jack Nicholas about (laughs) 
the course he just had. Like, I'm asking this dude questions. Like, who the hell am yep. I to ask this dude yep. any questions? About what the hell you just did? Yep. Other than me just sitting there going, like, just talk because, like, I have no right to ask you anything about golf. Yeah. But it was so. I mean, it's just very funny the way that you see you have Arnie, I have Jack. It's just it's an odd thing. It's incredible. We're, we're, by and the like, way, we've never told these stories to each other before. Never once. <laughs> so these never just, once. But it's 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 just that's it's so funny. I think about all those things that we were so privileged to see. I mean, you yeah. saw that. There's 30 people there. You got to be invited there to do it. Like, yep. and and you got to to actually ask Jack a question. The picture remember was so one funny. question you ask him? No. All I remember is I taped it on a mini disc. It's a mini disc. I taped it on, on, on a two mic, a two mic mini disc. I still have the pictures uh, of oh, me. My dude. producer, Brian, who actually was here last weekend, uh, Brian Delahan from, from Omaha. And he took all these pictures and like he, him and I played the course. I think I shot like 105. Right. It just yeah. kicked my ass. Like the course yeah. is so hard. It was ridiculously hard. I mean, just that style of golf is so unlike what we normally play in the, in the States. What time of year was it? Uh, like probably May or June. It was nice. Okay, so it wasn't too bad. No, but no, it was wind. The, the wind just goes there always. Right. I mean, it's just right. a wind swept. Like they, they moved. I think he said like, uh, like, I don't know. It was like 50 tons of dirt or something like that. They moved around to create different, because it's all flat. So you have to like create the undulation yourself to bring yes. the, earth, the, the earth movers in to actually make it look nice and, and, and build it up. But yeah, it was, that was, that was one of the coolest things I've ever done. When people say like, what are the coolest things you've ever had to do? I was like, yeah, that's up there. That was all for free. Definitely. I didn't pay a damn thing. Right. <laughs> I played an insane golf course. And you didn't have it. the money to play. You didn't have the money. No. Are you kidding me? I have the money now to play. I mean, that's like, what I'm saying. God, like you have to. Like I mean, it's a different thing. Yeah. Yeah. Dismal River in, in in western in western Nebraska. Like again, to get there, most people fly in to their private. You know, they have a private jet that comes in on their private airline. You know, runway <laughs> to go ahead and land. Like in our, I drove in. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, little as me. I'm 24 year old me. I'm here by invitation. Uh, they, they they let me come in or whatever. I was 25, whatever, whatever the hell that I was. So, uh, changing gears. Yep. So we've talked a lot about this Brian Flores story a lot about whether or not Stephen Ross tried to pay him $100,000 to lose every game. Right? right. I believe that happened. Brian Flores now under Mike Tomlin with the Steelers on their coaching staff. Yesterday, the report comes out that it's expected that two more coaches are going to join this lawsuit. We have Hugh Jackson. We have Brian Flores. We have two more coaches. We don't know the names yet, but it's expected for two more coaches to join in to confirm that they were offered money by ownership to lose games. How big of a deal could this turn out to be for the NFL if they can get this in court? Oh, I think it could turn out to be a very big deal. (laughs) Right? I mean, with the integrity fee, Roger Goodell seeking owners. If they've got any evidence and if they've got enough people to get it credible enough, they don't need a conviction. They just need this thing in court. They just need someone in open court under oath to say, I was offered X to lose games by said owner. Yeah. And the NFL goes through a gigantic, I mean, this is Black Sox scandal level to me. This is reworking well, I mean, the entire would framework. It would be right, but yeah. then they'll be able to explain it away like a, a a bad apple, like you know, it'll be Donald Sterling. Like, but if oh, there's four know, owners who did it, what do you do? 
Wow, that's different. <laughs> you have four owners. Four owners. If ever, if tanking has become that level where I was uh, offered, Hugh Jackson says I was offered. Brian Flores says he was offered. Two of the coaches says they were offered. If they can prove it with either deposits or receipts or whatever to say they wanted to go two and fourteen, I went two and fourteen. I was compensated outside of my contract to do it, yeah. and that's the difference. It's the compensation for. The losing. I'm gonna ask him if I, I'm gonna ask him if I can have my money back for those bets that I lost. <laughs> well, that's. A, I mean, there's right. going to be a whole. That's why it's a Black Sox land level scandal, because you would have to get back the public trust. I'm, I'm also. Miles, waiting, I'm also waiting for John Gruden to to spill the beans. You know that guy's got some secrets. Yep. He's. You know what I mean. Well, that's. They're gonna pay that off. That 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 thing will never get to be the. You know, that can't. He, they, they can never allow that to happen. <laughs> like but they but never allow right. Like that's a lot of people are going to ask those questions. If it's more than one guy, if you can yep. explain it away, like, oh, it's just Stephen Ross. He's, he's crazy. Like it's, it's, it's that. And he, it was him. That's one thing. If it's multiple owners and like multiple coaches and multiple things like this is, this is kind of the culture or the accepted way of doing business and it comes out i mean it's gonna be a big deal it that it should be it leads into question everything that you can't question if you're especially in bed with the gambling which they're in bed with the gambling and this is where kennishaw mountain landis the first ever commissioner of major league baseball in 1920 he was put in place in the wake of the Black Sox scandal in Chicago in the 1919 World Series. He was put into place to restore the public trust. This guy was put into a federal judge by Theodore Roosevelt and a guy who came together in 1920 to, and he was given full power to act in the sport's best interest. And he was there for 24 years as the first commissioner of major league baseball. And he was widely praised for cleaning up the game. He's the one who banned shoeless Joe Jackson. He banned Ben Buck Weaver. I mean, he was also seen for delaying the integration of baseball, but he's a guy who I think the NFL, that story, if this thing goes to court, I think Roger Goodell's in big trouble. I I think they're going to need to have an independent person in that spot. And that's the problem with that office for the NFL. The commissioner, yes, he still works for the league. He works for the owners in Major League Baseball, but that spot was designed to be independent. The NFL has never had anything like this where they've had to sit there and really look at their rules and the way they're doing business. And in the wake of the getting all chummy with the books, they may need to have their their Landis be, be put into place and to have an independent person as the commissioner. They better. I mean, like, what what are they going to do? Goodell's going to appoint an individual person. Oh, you, yeah, oh they'll, they'll try to do that. The same people who probably investigated the, the Washington football team and the same people who are investigating the John Rugurdin thing, like all these ridiculously paid for and bought off crap that happens by the league. It's like we hired an independent investigator. Sure you did. No, like a legitimate. This is where Congress comes in. Like, if this thing goes to open court, it's going to be a political problem for the NFL. I can't wait to see. It's nuts. I mean, the Washington, um, who's, who now wants to have a, a um, oh, KC. The Chiefs are talking about moving 
getting a new stadium. They want $3 billion to do it. Like these, What's this is public money. It's too old. Too old. They, they want to move down. To, they want to move closer. The, both the Royals and the, uh, and the chiefs both want out of that location. They want either one wants in the suburbs. One wants it to be downtown that they, they want to get out of that where they are, which is pretty far outside of KC. It's like 25 minutes outside of KC where they play, where Arrowhead is and the whole where Coffin stadium is right off the highway. It's easy to get to. It's just far. So, I mean, but they, they've been there for a long time since the seventies. So that the, they want a new, a new place, but this is what's happened now with the Raiders getting $750 million from the state of Nevada. Everyone now is like, well, wait, because the chiefs stadium now, I mean, so far for the, for the chargers, uh, allegiant for the Raiders and, um, and the Broncos have, I mean, I guess new mile high. They've, they, they built the new version, like what in the two thousands, right. They opened it up like in yeah, the I think it's Manning 20 years old, isn't it? Or 15 years. It's at least. 15. Yeah. It's like 15 years old, but it, but they have the oldest stadium in the division by a ways, by a ways. So the chiefs are like, wait a minute, we need to build a new stadium. We need to keep up with the Joneses type of thing. And now the bar has been set what the Raiders got. No one's ever getting what the Raiders got, but they want public funds. And when you want public funds, you bring in politicians. And if you got a, a gambling problem on your hands, Oh, I don't, good. I mean, the stadium thing is so it's all just so ridiculous to me. I mean, Buffalo just agreed to new, uh, get a new stadium, right? They're going to, I mean, I don't know. Cause they're going to lose a team of the, the, I mean, the, that's where like with the Patriots, the Patriots said the same thing with Gillette where they were going to go to Hartford and they're like, Oh, okay, fine. Now we'll get, now we'll give you the money. Like it's the same nonsense going on with the A's, right? The A's may come here and the A's are saying, give us money to build a ballpark downtown. And now they have to go to Vegas and have all these meetings and like seriously start to look at potentially moving for the politicians in Oakland to go, okay, yeah, maybe we'll listen to you and maybe we'll give you the money. It's extortion, really, but it's, you know, <laughs> w- w- what do you do if you're a politician? You're elected by the people and the people want their sports teams. And if you lose, if you're the guy, the woman, the person in place, you're the mayor, you're the, you know, state Senate, whatever. And on your watch, you lose the team. Not good for your career. Depends on the city. Well, you know, Oakland is one. survived. Yeah. Oakland know? survived. Oakland let the Raiders yeah. walk twice. Right. It's it, and it's going to be fine. You move on to the next sport. You move on to the next thing. Like it's not. I mean, at some point though, like some of the owners got to realize. I mean, like it is a business, but I mean, you really are holding a public trust. I mean, like you, you it's a team with a lot of people's lives intertwined with it over decades, and you just come in and move it. You're going to threaten to move it. You got to you know extort politicians for money for this and that. I don't know. At some point, it's gonna there's, there's gonna be pushback. Tickets are so expensive mm. for so many things, and families can't go. And like, who's buying the tickets and all this other stuff? I mean, everything's rolling right now. It's easy, and now's the time to ask for new stadiums. But you go to Dodger Stadium; it's the oldest stadium in baseball. It's beautiful. No, no it's not. It's not. Well, I mean, in that's true in the National League, right? Because yeah. no, not even the National League. No, because Wrigley. Yeah. In Fenway. Fenway. Yeah. But it's old. It's old. It's old. It was it was built in the 50s. It's old. It's old. Yeah. So I mean, and it still works. It's still a classic. And I mean, they've upgraded it. It's yeah. a pain in the ass to get in to and out of. Um, it's not 
always the best amenities and stuff. I mean, like, cause you go to Petco and it's a drink. Petco, yeah. every ballpark should be as nice. Well, that's the problem with, Petco. you know, when the Red Sox go to Yankee stadium, that's the interesting piece because the Yankee, I mean, Yankee stadium has all those amazing amenities, but it doesn't have the character. It doesn't no. have the sound. It doesn't have the same feel to it. It's no. totally different. And that's whenever Red Sox fans go to Yankee Stadium, they go, all right, fine. We're keeping Fenway. It's the biggest. It's, a, it's the easiest thing. When it, when, it went, when, we, when it was 2002, I think it was. I'll never forget that cartoon rendition that came out of the new Fenway Park they were going to build. And they tried really hard to get it done. But it was going to be almost like a sheer mimic. So because of that, the Yankees took that same idea and made a complete carbon copy of old Yankee Stadium for new Yankee Stadium. Couldn't do it, though. It's not the same. Doesn't feel the same. Doesn't look the same. Have you been to the new to the place where the Celtics and the, and the Bruins play? TD Garden? Yeah. Yeah, of course. You were at the old Boston Garden, right? Of course. Yep. Mm-hmm. Can't recreate that either. No, but that was a problem of a building falling down. Like that right. was that building had to go. Like there was no keeping that building. That building was overly used, huge problems. Like you'd have to gut the entire inside and you can't do that with an indoor structure on an outdoor structure. You can gut it because you don't have a ceiling over the top, right? You can't gut the, the, the whole, I mean, just go back to the 1991 fog game with the Bruins and and the Oilers in the Stanley cup. Like you can't fix that. Like that had to go, even though I loved it. And Johnny Moses voice rings in that, you know, yeah. whenever we think about the Boston Garden, it's an incredible please. I've got tickets from the last season in the Boston Garden framed in my house. And, you know, I, I loved the Boston Garden, both Bruins and Celtics. But it was understood that, like, this building's going to fall down. Like, right. this thing can't. <laughs> like, we, we just, right. things aren't forever like that in, in that way. So, yeah, I agree. TD Garden's nowhere near the same. But the Bruins won a cup there. Celtics won a championship there. You know, there's some history at TD Garden, at least. You can you can create the history by winning, like you can <laughs> you can kind of build it back up quickly. Um, but you can't recreate like there've been so many buildings, those old buildings like that that were just different. Yeah, and you really feel it. I think in the indoor places, um, more the so barns, the football stadiums. Yeah, yeah, like the football stadiums. I don't know. I mean, I guess you could build a new stadium, but I mean, Arrowhead is iconic. It's it. That's it. It's, it's just I. You been there? To me, you been there? No, I want to go bad. It's not iconic. No. No. It's seeing a game. There just sounds different on TV. It's loud as hell. No debate in that. But you can be loud in any other. You you can be loud in a nice seat or a nice ballpark. It's yeah. it feels like when I used to go. And cover, like if I went to an SEC game and then I would go to like a low level ACC school, like going to a Duke after going to covering an Alabama. Right. (laughs) It's just, it's old. Like it's a lot of cement. It's a lot of how they used to build, you know, these stadiums. It was just get in, sit your ass down, watch the game. The vendor will come over and give you your beer and your dog and you're good. Right. It's not what games are anymore. Games now are very much about the luxurious nature of boxes having, I mean, look what Allegiance got. We have a damn nightclub in one of the end, in one of the end zones. Like we just have 
really unique stuff. Yeah. And people want that stuff. People want to have those experiences. They want to go to the game. Look at Jerry's world, right? They've got, they've got literally on the below the field, they have got box, you know, luxury boxes now where you can literally look up to the players. Yeah. It's wild. I mean, you can watch them. You can stand. And when you get those, those, you no, know, um, in the ground boxes, they also spill out to the walkway where you can watch the players walk out to the field. So and can, everybody can watch you watch the players. Walk yes. That to too. Yes. That's, and everyone can see you how close. Yes, exactly. That's, that's, that's what it. The, that's what those seats and, and yeah. stuff is done for as much as anything else, because those people like that and social I'm, media clips and video up. Oh, there's me. There's perfect. I caught the football or yeah. he jumped into my box seat when I was there. And yes, yeah. all those things, all those, you know, me, me, me stuff. Absolutely. But that's the problem with teams that don't have that is that they've got those same type of people in their markets that want it when they go on the road and they're like, what the hell, man, come on. Arrowhead needs to go. That Raider stadium is incredible. It's the Raiders because there's a pecking order with fans, how they think of different franchises. So right now, Casey is royalty. Casey thinks they're on top of the world, right? Got to strike where the iron's hot because at some point in time, the paradigm will flip. It might take 10 years, but at some point, you know, here come the Buffalo bills, right? And they're like, Patriot fans still look down on the bills and it's going to stop soon because Patriots, Robert Kraft's not very happy with the fact that the team has not won. Think about that. Robert Kraft is pissed off because the team has not won a playoff game in three years, (laughs) three, three years. His franchises haven't gone to the playoffs in 30, (laughs) 30. He's mad. They haven't won a game in three years. So it's just a pecking order of where these teams are and how they, you know, how they see themselves. I guess so. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I mean, we went to we went to games and like, I mean, I went to games at Penn State every year for five years straight, and then for four more, five more years after that, until I went to Curacao because my brothers and sisters were there. So I had a you know a bed to crash in, and you know found a way to get a ticket. So when you go to games like that, I mean, the games at the Horseshoe at Ohio State. I mean, like going to a game like at Allegiant, it's, it's nice, okay, but it's not that. Like, so when you've done, you've been to Alabama, you've right. been to those games. Have you been to LSU? Yeah. Both yeah. times. Exactly. I've been like, to every stadium in the SEC. Right. So there you go. Oh, what, what, what do you Oh, trust me, man. Go- going to Mississippi State is not nice. Mississippi State no. is not a nice stadium. Starkville That's is fine. not they a nice part of the country. Nice. It's tough. It's a, that is a yeah. overgrown, overgrown high school stadium for Mississippi State. <laughs> and those damn cowbells are horrific. Old Miss isn't much nicer, by the way. Vaughn Hemingway is not much nicer. It's just they've got the Grove, so they've got better eye candy to go pregame. But those stadiums, you know, the Swamp's not that nice. Swamp's okay. It's not like it's an iconic. College football just in a – college football is about the people and what happens around the stadium, not the stadium. Right. NFL is about the stadium. I guess so. But, I mean, you know, going to a game in Detroit, nothing personal Detroit, but it's – I mean, like it's eh. – it gotta be. I haven't know. gone there to the dome. Yeah. To Ford field. I've never seen a game. Have I seen a game, a football game in a dome, any dome or that dome? Think, I don't think I've ever seen a football oh. game in a dome. It's always been outside. Or yeah, I've been game. to a bunch. I've been in the carrier dome. Um, where else for domes? Have I been to the super dome for the saints? Um, you seen a final four in a dome? No. Okay. Seen basketball in domes though. Right. 
see in, in St. Louis. Um, I've seen basketball in a dome. I haven't seen. Okay. Again, a carry dome. I've seen Syracuse. I've seen Syracuse football. My cousin went to Syracuse. So I, mm. I, I, I took, took trips up there to watch a bunch of stuff um, okay. with Syracuse. And I was always, I mean, basketball in a dome sucks. It's horrible. <laughs> it's absolutely awful. There's nothing fun about it at all. Sight lines suck. Wind drafts. You feel like the wind coming through. It opens a door. It's not, it's not fun. Basketball's not meant to be played that way by any means. All right. A couple of games to roll through for here tonight. Yep. Uh, let's go Carolina, Tampa. Yep. Good game in the NHL. Yes. Couple Tampa, of games tonight. Tampa minus 150. Expensive to take. Uh, I'm a little Carolina high. off of back to back. Okay. That's why it's, it's a little inflated, right? I mean, because of that, steep. I think. Yeah. But like, you know, Jeff has a minus one thirty six at circa right now. That's better. They're minus one forty, pretty much standard across everywhere. So it came down. Okay, yeah. it's one fifty this morning. So that's yeah. good. So a little, little high. Yeah. That that makes sense. Take Carolina getting that much plus. You know, that's a yeah, pretty good hockey game. I'm surprised at that number. That number seems like I was like, wait, one fifty under. Uh-huh. Probably. I mean, this time of the year, these are measuring stick type games. These are like KLC in the playoffs. So you start getting some solid efforts. Was this, the, was this the matchup opposite? Uh, was it Tampa at Carolina last week when we said it's a 3-2 game? I think no, was, that was right? that was Bruins-Tampa. Oh, Bruins-Tampa. Was Bruins, okay. But it involved Tampa, though. So, yes, I could very yeah. similar see a 3-2 game. Total of six, right? Five and a half oh, okay. over now. It's down? Yeah. Okay. So Yeah, so, so we'll do that. Uh, let me see. Let's go. Next game is Avs and the Flames. Flames are at home. Flames. Minus 126 on this one. This is, I don't know what to make of this game. Maybe the over in this one. Wow. Good hockey game, right? This thing says overnight was as low as minus 110. And so it's up on the flames. Okay. And now it's minus 140. Okay. There's a steam. Woo. It was 125 an hour ago. All right. Yeah. It's minus one. The lowest place one offshore still has 136. Otherwise, it's minus 140 or minus 145 everywhere. I like Calgary. I saw the, I saw the number, and um, I did wager talk today before this show, and mm. they asked me for the hockey, and I said Calgary at this price got to be a play. Calgary's really good. Yep. I don't know. You you you, you think Calgary or uh, Calgary can win this game, right? So could Colorado, though. I mean, if you start going up, you you give me the same price that we got with the last game. I might take the dog. I know. You give me 140, 150. It gets to 150 on, on, on Calgary. I'll take Colorado at plus whatever, 130, it's 140. Gonna, it's going to get to 150. I think that'll be the buy point, though. I think you're right. Okay. But I, I think um, in a little while, the game's at 6 o'clock Pacific start. I think you'll be able to bet uh, the Avalanche, at, you know, depending on the book you're at, plus 130. It's mm. uh, like opposite that. of plus 150. So good game. Six is the total. Yeah. Cal- I mean, they like this thing up. Yeah, I, don't I would know. lean. I would lean to the. It's six. It's probably a safe play to play the over just because it's six. You probably yeah. you might get a push out of it, but you know, I think you probably get six goals in this game. Yep, four two on one side, or four three, depending on what happens. You, you get the cover. I can't see. I'd be surprised to see a three two game within these two teams with the offenses that they've got. I agree. Power I plays that they've got. This is a different type of game than yeah. you just mentioned. You know, Carolina, Tampa, and then you know, even like in in Pittsburgh against the Rangers. Again, I'm confused because I definitely I got the I got the penguin jersey on, <laughs> the Ranger hat on. 
Um, I have a golf. That's this is a golf hat. This is a uh, Wolf Creek golf hat. Oh, it's a ping golf hat. Okay, for Tiger today. Nice. I have uh, a Masters hat. I gotta find. Oh, I do too. Uh, where's yeah. mine? Mine's mine's from the 2006 Masters. I think. Green. Green. Yeah. 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 I, I'm saving that for the show for round one of the, of the Masters. There we go. I gotta hopefully uh, find mine by then. I got mine. Uh, all right. So your Philadelphia 76ers up against the Milwaukee Bucks tonight. Yeah. Philly minus one and a half. At least it was an hour ago. The hell is this line doing that? Right. Yeah. What's the line now? The flip. Um, let's see. Let's hit refresh. No, one and a half. Still. Okay. Yeah. Win bets down to one. As are the offshores. Bucks are a fate or a dog in this one. Not for long. Right. Milwaukee catching one and a half seems pretty, pretty. I don't know. I, I'd bet Milwaukee tonight plus one and a half. Yeah, it seems too easy, but I mean. Until Philadelphia beats a good team. Right. Or James Harden starts playing like James Harden. Yeah, I just I'm not. I'm not sold. I want to see Philly win. I want to see Philly get the highest seed they possibly can, which would mean it better than the Bucks. But I need Philly to win this game to keep Boston in the one seed. I'm cheering for Philly tonight. Oh, this is going to happen now for the rest of the season. You're oh, yeah. Start cheering for certain teams. That you oh, yeah. You start watching talk. different. Oh, yeah. 100%. I, I, you I can get the one seed. I'm scoreboard like watching it. now. Yeah, I got to keep Milwaukee at bay. Boston just lost to Toronto. Now we need Philadelphia to do their part. And tomorrow, by the way, the Heat play at Boston. Interesting. That that must be why they didn't go. They didn't send anybody to Toronto. That's why. Ah, to get ready for that game. Yes, that's why. So that makes sense. You're going to see some things. This is going to be fun. I think. I think coming down the stretch. In the NBA, especially in the East, um, with the volatility of mm-hmm. the standings and the matchups in different things, I think we're going to see lines move. I think we're going to see teams make decisions like the Celtics made, where we're at Toronto, who's a playoff team. Um, you know, not send everybody, but still go to play to win. It's going to be good, man. It's going to be good, but. I like the Bucks tonight. I don't like Philly at all. I know. I like the Bucks too. I don't like it, but I want Philly. Mavericks are laying 12 at home. Ain't enough. To the Lakers. That's Bye, not son. enough. Bye, son. I mean, what, <laughs> boy, oh boy, that's a lot of points. That's what LeBron should be saying to LeBron. Bye. Bye, son. Is this what they're saying today in LA? No, I'm just, I mean, I'm just playing, but I'm not. When are you going to bet the Lakers? Seriously, why? Why would you? I don't know. Is it enough? A lot of points, man. That's a lot of points. I, I'm not betting it, but it's a lot of points for the if if LeBron plays twelve point dogs. Yeah, you're going to take like people. Bad guys are taking the Lakers. That's a take. It's got to be a take. That's what the book is doing. But the number, the first move was to the first move went up. It was 11. Now it's 12. Yeah. Numbers not be, coming down. Numbers going up. Be, they might be setting that thing up. They might right. be setting that thing up. They Drive it up and then come in heavy. Play to, to, to bump it up and then come back a little bit later on something. I don't know. I mean, how much higher can it go? How much higher can it go? Can't go much higher. But like we saw yesterday, the Grizzlies uh, game, you know, 
Open at eight down, closed at 10. No, it opened at eight, went all the way up to 11 and a half, and then came down to 10. I saw nine. Closed at nine. Wow. Okay. It closed at nine some places. So I saw saw the late move and I was laughing. I'm like, okay. I found that number earlier in the day. Yeah. They let him take it all the way down. And you watch a little bit of the game. You're like, they ain't cover. They're not even coming close. Early, it was close. Yes. Because I bet minus six and a half. I had, I laid 10 and a half. It was six and a half. I was like, okay, I'm taking it again. So I bet it twice last night. Right. And all, you know, every number cashed. <laughs> no it's what number you bet. Things, right. We, we, we said it on the show. We, you know, we talked about the game. We broke it down. We both yeah. kind of in agreement that the, the Grizzlies were to play. And then I said it at the end. Like if you like it, but you're not comfortable laying at 10 and a half, wait a little bit. Yeah. And hopefully you'll get to lay less than double digits. You did. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, there's a line in uh, what movie was it? Uh, Wall Street mm. or something like when you liked it at 10, you have to love it at seven. There you go. <laughs> I did. <laughs> yep. And sometimes it works. Sometimes really it doesn't. Well. Right. Sometimes it doesn't. You chase that bad money after good. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. But when it works, it's, it's fun. Yeah. When those moments are there, you kind of like, you mean, Steph gone. Draymond not there, Clay not there. I mean, they no one. <laughs> they, they, yes, they beat the Heat, but that was more of a Heat problem than a Grizzlies problem because the Grizzlies have been taking teams apart consistently. Yeah. All right. Props.com story of the day on the Toronto Blue Jays and their win total and their ability to win the American League East. What do you make of Toronto's pitching here? We'll start getting into more baseball conversations, but. This Toronto team is getting too much attention for my liking, Dave. I was on, I was in agreement with a lot of people and I was talking about it too, but 91 and a half from a win total perspective. Yeah. It was 86 and a half last year. I know they've made some improvements, but given the division that they play in, I don't know. This thing keeps on climbing. I may need to bet the under here on Toronto win total. I'm going to do all my work this week. Um, on the baseball stuff, I gotta get, I gotta get the rotations. I gotta get, so I go through and I read as much as I can. And like, um, I've been reading Joe Sheehan's newsletter. By the way, he's he's a tremendous dude. He writes Amazing. this great yeah. newsletter that if you're a baseball guy, you will love. You just go subscribe and you know tell him you heard it here. Hopefully, we'll have him on the show soon. Good. Um, and Adam Burke, skating mm. tripods, my guy. He wrote he wrote an unbelievable guide last year that helped a lot. So I'll do all that work this week. And I mean, I'm sure props and mm-hmm. stuff and, and people will have stories as well. Um, I like Toronto's lineup. It's sexy. It's fun. It's they can score runs. So it's easy to get caught up in this. But pitching is going to get them them dubs and pitching in the bullpen. The starters are one thing. You got to have that bridge. Now, the game is the bridge. Mm-hmm. Talking mm-hmm. about, you know. And and E did an unbelievable job with that thing. I you gotta remind me to tweet that about London Bridge falling down. But <laughs> you need a bridge in baseball. Right. You need the six, seven, eight has to be solid. I don't know if the Blue Jays have it yet. I really don't. I got I, I gotta find out. I think they have to, they have to um, you know, I don't know, define roles. I don't know what it is. I watch these spring training games. And it feels like they're not just, they're just literally getting reps. I don't know what the hell they're doing. So 
Plus, you know the division. That's what I mean. It's that's, hard. Yeah, well, that's my my whole point is that is the division itself could cannibalize. And so, like, how do you back a 92, you know, let's say they're going to win 92 games. It's 92 and a half right now. So 93 games. Yeah. Like, if this keeps on going up, 94. I mean, I don't is know. Is that the I, highest total in the division right now? Uh, yes. I think it's the highest total. 92 and a half for the Blue Jays, 91 and a half for the Rays and the Yankees, Red Sox, 85 and a half, Baltimore, 62 and a half, and the unders juiced for the Orioles. 62. As it should be. It loses 100 games. Uh, it's just like, you know, what, what's that saying? Death, taxes, and the Orioles losing 100 games. I mean, those are the things you can be sure of. Like in, in that division. And Peter Angelo is making tons of money off of it. Camden Yards is amazing. I loved Camden Yards. I've been it's a great I've been ballpark. Multiple times. I was there the year it opened. It's gorgeous. So was I. Oh, wow. Look at that. So was I. Went yeah. down from Penn State. I had to. I yeah, it's like, gorgeous. That, see was, this place. Yeah. that was the whole thing. Remember the whole, everyone was like the brick and the, and the oh. warehouse and all the things that were like so unique to, and everybody copied it. Like that was the thing. Everyone was like, holy crap. Camden Yards is so awesome. The throwback. If you're a baseball fan, it feels like the fifties, blah, blah, blah. But they suck and they've sucked for years and they just Peter Angels just takes the money and puts it in his pocket to thank you very much. I don't care. People want to watch baseball. My team sucks, but in the division, my problem with 92 wins for the, for the blue Jays is that what's the record for all the teams against each other with the Red Sox raise in the Yankees and the blue Jays. I mean, the Red Sox. Well, does anyone in the division win 92 games? Somebody I don't think so, to, right? No, you I, don't think I so. I don't think so. Wow. I think 92, I think 92 might win the division. I think if you get to 92, you may win the division. That's a lot of wins. You're playing, you know, 16, 17 games each against the Red Sox, Rays, and Yankees. 18, 18, or 18 right? Yeah. yeah. So 18 times three, you know, how what's your record in those games? That that determines whether or not you're gonna get to 92, 93. So yeah. I don't. I don't know. I I don't think I can trust. Well, what's crazy is that it actually may determine, may be determined by because if they all go five hundred and somebody goes seventeen and two, if they play the Orioles nineteen times, yes, who's record against the Orioles better? Whether they, yeah, so fair. That's that's the ridiculous thing about having four pretty close teams mm. and then one just really shitty team. I mean, there's just no other way to describe it, mm. and that's the frustrating thing. Like when you do those numbers, you're like, all right, well, geez. I mean, I think the Yankees have made a, you know, recent decade career out of beating the Orioles. Yes. Like Red you, Sox too. It, right. Yep. Between the Red Sox and the Yankees, they own the Orioles. Home, road, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter who's I pitching. Boston just, went, I think they went 15 and three last year against the Orioles. Because it, it really, it, they got to their win total. Because of the record against the Orioles. Right. That's why and they that's, were so far over their win total. I think it was 76 and a half last year and they won 88 games, whatever yeah. it was. So in that situation, I think that's what, I mean, when we did those numbers, it was always like, you know, in this division, it was, it was who owns the Orioles, mm. give them an extra win or two in the thing. Um, and the NL central was always the pirates. It was who's, who beats the pirates more. You know, the Brewers number was always a little bit higher because they, they just, they win 16 or 17 games against the Pirates every year. So, yeah, making the number is interesting. 
It's going to be a great discussion. I think it's going to be a fantastic baseball season for not all the divisions, but a lot of them are going to be very competitive. I think it's, I don't know. The higher it goes, the more I'm on the under, the more I'm going. Mm -mm. Don't think we're getting there. I think it's too high. I think it's too high. It's It's a lot, a lot, a lot of wins. 92 wins is 93 wins, 94 wins. Like I lean towards the under, I don't know. The Yankees are a little bit of a question mark with their pitching. So I'm not sure about them with 91. I feel about their pitching at all. Yeah. The Rays are the team at like 90. I could see the Rays winning 92 games. And I think the Red Sox win 88 games. I I can't name one of the Rays pitchers right now off the top of my head without looking. Because nobody can, because they don't use starting pitching. Yeah. And they got the same win total as other teams. Correct. It's amazing. And, and like sharp guys for the last few years have been betting the Rays over. Like you you know when you put that number up, you're going to get the first bet over. Yep. When you get the first bet under, you're like, oh, <laughs> we finally got a number. Because it's always 88 and a half, 89 and a half. You can't give the Rays, you can't give them 90 wins, at least with the initial look. And they always bet them over. So it's yeah, Yarborough and Kluber are the names you people know. McClanahan is their ace, but what's an ace? Uh, relief pitchers are still, it's what they do. They go and find these great relief pitchers. And Wander Franco is, you know, <laughs> one of the best players in the American League. And so you've got these weapons. You've got these, you know, Brandon Lau is an amazing second baseman for them. They've got a great second baseman shortstop tandem, you know. Yandy Diaz at third is tremendous. They have a professional hitting lineup and yes. they do not make mistakes. Nope. They, they, they field the ball. You know, they lead, they're near the top of the league every year in defense. Yep. Um, they started that thing with the pitchers. That opener used to drive us crazy in the risk room. Like, of course, how do you bet first fives? How do you bet first hey, verse three? Yes, no, first inning. I mean, there's runs. I mean, there's so many crazy things. They did everything. Yeah, they flipped everything, and they turned it all backwards. And it used to, I mean, we, we stopped doing listed pitchers, right. basically, because of them and the Angels. When <laughs> when Madden went to the Angels, and he was like, yeah, I'm not naming a starting pitcher. And he wouldn't. they wouldn't tell you who it was until like an hour before the game when the league made him do it. Right. So we finally just said, when when I came back the last year from the pandemic, we, I begged Tony. I'm like, we can't do listed pitchers. He's like, why not? Because we don't know who it is. Then we can't put the lineup because it listed pitchers. And it made sense, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. So we stopped doing listed pitchers specifically for the Rays and the Angels. It was just action. Everything was just action. Yep. Yeah. You didn't know. If you knew, that's fine. You may get us one day. We didn't know. We, we you know, we didn't get the pitcher from her. If we got it first, we'd get you one day. But yeah. everything was action. And it just leveled the playing field. The old guys, nobody liked that. Nobody like, they'd be like, well, I'm only betting on the pitcher. And then you ain't betting a game because we don't know the pitcher. <laughs> and now almost everybody's to action. I mean, it's yes. at least in Vegas. Vegas is very, there's only a couple of books that still do pitchers to, for the refund. The, the East Coast books are still pretty much, not all of them, but some of them are still giving you the option of, you know, you can It's fine to bet. have the option, but at the same time, I think you, you cause more confusion because if people have never bet baseball, when you, when you, you know, you do listed pitcher and your guy doesn't go, you have no bet. It's just a refund. And people always didn't know that at times. First five was automatically listed. It used to used to cause more controversy than anything. It was like, now it's just action. Bet it, you get it, that's fine. Hmm. 
Verl is Verlander pitching for Houston. He's back. Yeah. <laughs> My buddies at the spring training game just sent me a picture and just said that he just said his wife is sitting right behind me. <laughs> oh, nice. Kate. So he's sitting right in front of Kate. Ask to take a picture, please. <laughs> with, Forget with, about Verlander. I want to see Kate. <laughs> I thought Verlander was hurt for the year, though. No. Hell no. He's coming back. He's on uh, the list of look at the Fandle Young. He's <laughs> on it. Near the top. Funny. Near the go. top. Let's see. I'll tell you right now, Cy Young. American League. We talked about that the other day on props.com story. Justin Verlander's 25 to 1. He's the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. He's the 10th choice, tied with Shohei Otani at 25 to 1. <laughs> My gosh. The American League Cy Young. Are you kidding me? Come on. Ridiculous. All right. Time now for the betprep.com prop of the day. We missed our four game, our four day streak snapped. It always does. My goodness, did Clint Capella he could have had 30 rebounds if he wanted to last night. <laughs> he had, I knew we were in trouble. We had seven in the first quarter. I was like, uh oh. It's seven in the first quarter? Yeah, we were oh, in yeah. trouble for under 11, uh, under 12 and a half rebounds. We had seven in the first quarter. I was like, we are in trouble. So we are going back on the under train today. We are going to the Bucks and the Sixers game. Okay. Chris Middleton. Under five and a half rebounds, minus 130 at FanDuel. So for Chris Middleton, which I have bet his under a lot over the years, rebounding wise, he either goes nuts or gets nothing. Like it's right. one or the other for Chris Middleton when it comes to rebounds. He has had six or more in just three of his last 12 against a team with a winning record, Sixers. Six or more in six of the last 21 overall, 4.8 per game in that stretch. One time in his last six over five, over five and a half rebounds when his team has failed to cover. So that's 16%. He's averaging 5.4 rebounds per game. One game against Philly this year, he had five boards. You're liking under five and a half rebounds for Chris Middleton. I guess so. I mean, it sounded pretty good yesterday and it didn't go the right way. But well, re rebounds are, are random. Random. So I, it's I, a hard I do, prop. Yeah, I do understand people who say, I don't like betting rebounds because of the random nature of caroms. Yes. And a guy could be standing literally flat-footed, not even looking, and the ball bounces to him and it's a rebound. Yes. So that 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 is one of the issues. But, I mean, Middleton does. It is feast or famine. So I think we know about this prop pretty quick. Like, <laughs> he gets two in the first quarter, we're dead. If he's got zero in the second quarter, we're live and we probably cover. <clears throat> I don't know if you paid attention. Fandle does these things live. It's, it's insane. I, I I watch it. It's I, I, I watch it every night. I, I get can't furious. Believe it. I get furious over it. It's. I don't know if it's a good thing or bad thing, but I know for the business, it's a good thing. Um, I think people can get caught up in it, probably betting too much sometimes, which again should not do. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um. Random, but I think we have the right side. Yeah, I think we have the right side too. But I, I don't think I'll bet it though. I'm, I'm not gonna play this one. All right, time now for bet it or book it. Let's go into plays on on today. And today is an interesting slate. I got a couple of unders to throw at you here, and I have CLV again. Yesterday, both games it mattered. Both games I cashed on this one, 2-0. Oh. 
Let's start with the Bulls and the Wizards. You got to unmute. You're, you muted your mic. Mute. Sorry. There you go. Um, both games it mattered. It didn't matter with the. Uh, well, no, both games I, I I cashed, but the numbers moved. It still yeah, went but it under. didn't matter. No, it didn't matter. So no. We had no no the, impact. The under in the Bulls game was solid. That was two twenty three and a half. It closed at two eighteen and a half, and still went under. Yep, and so, uh, it didn't matter if we. And we Memphis came laid, down to nine. I bet ten and a half. We, we could have laid twenty yeah. points with Memphis. And Memphis yeah. killed them. Going back to the Bulls, <laughs> Bulls and the Wizards. Oh God. Two twenty four oh, game. Conference game. Just betting it. Done. It's come down though. What's your number right now? It was two twenty two and a half last time I saw it. Come down even more. Two twenty two and a half at circa two twenty three everywhere else. DraftKings okay. is now two twenty two and a half as well. That's okay. We're 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 going. Washington games under, I don't like. Correct. That's the fear, right? And I, I, I'm not be, I'm not lying on that. That that was the the number one thing that caused me to pause. I was like, <sighs> betting under games for Washington is dangerous because they have been an over team this yeah. season. However, they're only twenty. They're twenty three, thirteen and one to the over this year at home, which is pretty good. Okay, but against good. The, it's ten games over five hundred. That's okay. Great. But dug down deeper. Against the Eastern Conference, they are 24 and 22 to the under. Oh. Against teams in the Eastern Conference, they have gone under more often. They go over in the Western Conference games. Oh, that's a good thing then. And the Eastern Conference games combined with the fact that Chicago is 27, 19 and one now to the under, under. against Eastern, Eastern Conference, Conference teams. Okay. And so okay. you have Zach and Zach Levine is questionable for this game. That's what caused the number to drop. I like all of that. He may not play. Okay. That's good. That's, um, I feel better about that now that that you got the splits on the Eastern Mm -hmm. Conference. I felt the same way and I dug a little deeper and I was like, well, now I can justify it because of where we are. Okay. For conference games. Still could go over, but I I still. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it always can go the other way, but like. Uh, I feel better. I feel better about it. When I, when I saw it, I was like, eh, man, Washington games on the right now. I don't know, but um, all right. Yeah, we'll bet it. Game number two. And this number has moved against me, but I'm still. Do you have okay. any college? You, you, did no. you look at these NIT games? I will bet the final. I'm not betting any more okay. of these small conference games until I get to the final. I need all to right. have full motivation, full commitment for these teams. I don't trust any so of these teams. If I give you St. Bonaventure money line tonight, take one it. and a half, bet it or book it. What are you doing? Bet it. I like St. Bonaventure too. I was hoping you came with that one. No, I, I haven't played it. I, I just, I, I will personally bet it. Yeah, I'll personally okay. be on it, but it's not right. something that I'm going to say that I'm like officially giving out as a play that I like a lot just because I've been burned in these. And I know people say it's MSG and it's, it's the final four. And I, I, just, I still don't trust these teams. In the final, uh, when they have, when they're playing to win something, then I'll trust them. But St. Bonaventure has been like the biggest Jekyll and Hyde team of the year. <laughs> they like they they'll rise in the beginning part of the year. They were the betting darlings of gambling Twitter. Everybody on the Bonnies, and then halfway into the A10 season, they just started getting their teeth kicked in. Mm. Stopped winning, stopped playing. So they're in the NIT because they were a tournament team for almost half the year, and then they fell on their face, and okay. now they've woken back up again. They're in the final four for the NIT, and I still don't trust them. 
to officially. I'll personally play. I'll in game. I'll in game it too. I'll watch the in game for sure. Yeah, actually, I'm going to watch that game. I was watching that women's game yesterday. UConn and NC State. Good game. I mean, in Connecticut. How about that for a home court advantage? What the hell? That was incredible. It was just, I mean, you want to talk about just like watching sports. Like that was so much fun watching it. And then, you know, we were watching it through the lens of the, of the lines and, the different things. It was great. It was just a really good basketball game. Sorry, go ahead. Give me your name. So game. what I'm hoping is that the public is coming in here on the Lakers and the Lakers in Dallas. Yeah. I bet under 218 and a half last night. The number is under in the Laker game under 219. Have you seen what Dallas does at home to the under? Yes, but you've 28, nine in one to the under. 28, nine in one, eight and two over the last 10 last four have gone under against the Western conference. Dallas is 30, 18 and one to the under Mm. the Lakers against the Western conference, 23 and 21 to the under. It's the same handicap from the last game where it's like, one side's like, uh Oh, not sure about Washington, not sure about LA, but you look at the way they play against teams from their conference and the games are going under. I know the Lakers are seven and three to the over over their last 10 and they're 21 and 15 on the road to the over this year. I get all that. Dallas takes the air out of the ball. They just suck. They suffocate defensively. The line's 12. <laughs> like it's just, I don't think the Lakers score enough to get to the over here. Public's betting the over thinking it's too low because it's Lakers. I'm going the other way. I like it even more now at 219 and a half, betting it or booking it with the Lakers and the Mavericks. Mm. The Lakers are one of the worst teams in the league in defense, points in a paint, everything bad for betting it under. The Lakers don't do good. Um, it's a tough one. By the way, the first time they played, 219 under by six points. Yeah, it's going to be close. I'll, I'll I'll fall for the trap. I'll book it and I'll say over. Um, just based on you betting it over. How about that? I know. That in I know. itself is history. Yeah, <laughs> it don't happen too often, but uh, which means it's probably be under two hundred points. When I say like a over, usually that's usually ninety one, ninety five, ninety five, ninety one oh, final. A <laughs> hundred to ninety. Yeah. It'll be one nine. You know, in game will be one seventy eight at one point during the game, probably. Um, but yeah, I just um, Laker I, last game against New Orleans, by the way, on the road went under. They only scored 108 points. How is that possible? I mean, serious. Um, yeah, probably on the right side, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna book it just on a feel thing, where I think the Lakers give up a boatload of points, but they have to score to keep up. I'm not saying the Lakers are gonna cover. I'm, I really, but I mean, I would take the right now pregame. I would take 12. Mm, I would so take 12. Points. It's just so too many, many points. points. It's just too many points, but I think it might go up more. <laughs> it's it possible. Might go up more. It's possible. All right. Well, that takes us to the last game today. And the Detroit Pistons up against the Brooklyn Nets. Bigger spread. I'm taking the 14 points. Are you really? <laughs> Pistons plus 14. I took 13 and a half last night. Brooklyn, look, I get it that they've not, their record against the spread is not indicative because Kyrie didn't play all the home games and he's playing tonight. Brooklyn is 8 27 and 1 ATS at home. 
lines have been so inflated. Eight, 27 and one on the road. Detroit is 19, 17 and one against the quit against the conference. They're 29, 17 and one against the Eastern conference. ATS ATS 29, 17 and one. Yes. I know it's good, but man, that's really good. Teams from the Eastern conference. The, the lines are all inflated. The public Damn. bets the over. You got a, a complete crap team, ATS at home with Kyrie. Don't care. They had Kyrie in their lineup last time at home against Charlotte, and they lost by nine. Laying seven, lost by nine. I get they want to get out there and win. I don't think they care about how many points they win by, though. I'm taking Pistons plus 13 and a half, now plus 14. Betting it or booking it. Man, oh, man, that's absurd. I mean, that is absurd. Didn't the Nets just lose at home to the yes. Hornets? Just said that, Charlotte. Yeah, by, by, by lost by nine. They're by seven. Lost by, right. They've lost two of the last three games. Lost to Memphis as one-point favorites. Lost by 12. They beat Good. Miami, yeah. laying two and a half, beating by 15. Right. And then lost at home to Charlotte, laying seven, lost by nine. But it was at Miami, right? Yes, that game was at Miami. At Miami. Yeah. Now they're home. Four-game road. Playing. Yeah, four game home, four game homestand. But here's the funny thing: over the last five games that the Pistons have been catching ten points or more, five and zero ATS. They've covered. I know. You got to bet this. You got. I'm betting it with you. I'm, I'm, we're just gonna go with it. Catching fourteen against Miami, they covered. Catching ten and a half against Charlotte, they yeah. covered. Catching twelve and a half against Boston, they covered. Again against Boston, twelve and a half, they covered. It's crazy. I mean, they just they get and they're getting this many points. They're covering. Yeah, consistently. It's the it, it's the it's the, probably the right side, but it's not going to be easy. They're going to probably be down twenty at one point. You know, they're going to be down two thirty four is the total. It's the highest total of the day. Sometimes these highest totals get blowouts. I don't know. I mean, you want to? We talked about it yesterday. The card in the NBA. Today, other than this Milwaukee, Philadelphia, it's like, ooh, mm-hmm. some bad teams, bad numbers, 11 and a half, 13 and a half. There's two <laughs> one and a half point spreads. You, you, you didn't pick either one. I'm, I'm, I'm a little, I thought today you might come with like Utah. I can't might. trust Utah right now. Even to get the Clippers, I can't trust Utah. I, I can trust the Pistons to come out and give me effort. Right now, it's about effort. For teams that are out of it, I want to know, are you right. playing hard? Nets are in the playoffs. They know they're in the playoffs. They don't really care. Just slacking off, running around. They're just, you know, they're saying, get me to April. When I'm there, then I'll care. I don't think that's going to be a recipe for success in the playoffs myself. But But that's the way they play. I mean, they lost to Charlotte at home. (laughs) I mean, that's not good. Laying seven, lost by nine. That's... Not a great sign as to where they are. Kyrie was horrible. Everybody in gambling Twitter was like, oh, Kyrie's first home game. Hammer the over 27 Can't and lose. Hammer that 27 and over. What do you finish with? 16 points? Yep. Way under his point prop. Ain't so easy. Are we Let's betting or booking? Are we betting or booking Pistons plus 14? Taking it. We're betting it. There we're you go. <laughs> I talked you into it. <laughs> We'll see what happens in that. We're going to watch scoreboard watching going, please just come on. 6-0 run. End the game on a 6-0 run. <laughs> just come on. Stop scoring. That's for, you know, Brooklyn. Who cares what the final score is? I hope All they right. win the damn game. That'd be great. Oh, can you imagine? Favorite thing about today is what? A um, couple things. One, 
the everybody's home. We got chaos in the house, but a good way and a bad way. Everybody's feeling a little under the weather, so we're trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Right. So we're going to have lunch uh, with Jessica. She's home. Nice. So she's, she's working from home, so I'm going to have lunch with my wife, which I always enjoy. And then, um, two, we're recording uh, Cash Considerations later. I'm going to get to see the boys. And, you know, Carl's a Boston guy like you, and I got to I gotta find out the <laughs> – what I'm going to wear. I got to get this Boston <laughs> something because they're the best team in basketball. I can't believe it. Doesn't yeah. make any sense. That's Simply. what we're doing the rest of the day. Doesn't make any, <laughs> any sense right now where the just Boston being the one seed, you know, everything happening with Boston doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever, but you know, we'll see. We'll see how the whole thing goes. Uh, for me, my favorite thing about today is I think we're going to all be on Tiger watch all day. And I think everyone's going to want to see whether he talks to the media after this, whether we have an announcement that he's playing or how he feels, whether there'll be a tweet, there's going to be something that's going to come out. New York post has a story out right now that states that Tiger is exhausting their words, exhausting all avenues to play in the masters. So if that's the case, we could have something he plays, he goes out there, he walks, and he feels like he can walk the course for four straight days, and he's cool with it. Tiger playing is going to make everybody happy. It's the exact, oh. it's the anecdote that we need for our post-March Madness Blues. Because Monday, oh. I mean, let's be honest, Saturday there's two games, and then Monday is the championship game, and the final four, you said it yesterday, the final four is anticlimactic. The championship game is anticlimactic. It's Every scum. year. If your team is not in it, you kind of just like, eh, unless you have like either a wager, a future bet, a bracket pool, like there's got to be a personal reason why you give a crap about the game on Monday. Yep. It's a Monday night basketball game on top of that. So it's a little awkward. Yep. The exact thing we need is Tiger Woods teeing off on the Thursday of the Masters. <laughs> it's the exact it thing we need. Crosses over so many things. Even my mother-in-law, grandma, is, is a huge Tiger Woods fan. Like she said to me yesterday, Hey, David, did you hear the tiger is at the masters? Did you hear he could play? And I was like, Debbie, he's not playing. He's hurt. He's I mean, he ain't playing. And she's like, David, he's there. You know, he's going to play if he can. And I was like, she's right. Yep. It's happening. So you ain't the only one. I mean, I think people are definitely watching, talking about it. We're seeing it on. He'll never, he, he's not going to win it. I just, I don't know. There's something about, we're the same age. So I'm the same age yep. as Tiger Brady. I mean, I'm, I'm the same age yep. as these guys. Literally grown up my entire life. Golf in me, I told the story before on the show, but I started playing golf when I was 12 years old and I picked up a magazine. I was one month into playing and it was a story in Golf Digest about Tiger Woods. Yep. I've, known, I've known about this dude. He's my age for like 30 years yep. that, I, that I have had, uh, you know, and now I, I haven't met Tiger, but I've got people who know and met, who met Tiger, who have right. played golf with Tiger. I'm like, it's just, you know, Tony, you know, whatever, uh, Kevin Bacon, six degree of separation thing. Yep. And I just, I feel like he went through an awful period and reading the Armageddon book on Tiger. If you haven't read it, it's called Tiger. It's really interesting to look at his childhood and his life and the way that he was brought up and the way that he was conditioned. 
And then everything kind of fell apart and just blew up in his face. He had this like mythical plastic life and it wasn't like what he wanted. And he was told he had to do X and didn't really wanted it. He wanted to do Y. And I mean, there's stories you have and people can't tell, but like he would come to Vegas all the time and he'd go to the mansions and he'd rent the whole freaking place out. And it would just be this parade of women coming in, coming out, coming in, coming out, drugs and women. Like he just took over Vegas. This was, this place was like a real big problem for him. When he came to Vegas, he had problems here because he had all the money in the world and he could do whatever he wanted to do. And they would come to him. Everybody, all the problems would come to him. He never left. He was always a recluse up. You never saw a tiger out. You drive up, go into the mansions behind MGM and then never come out like a week. And like reading the book, it's, it's, it's crazy. Just the way everybody was a yes man around him. Everyone told him whatever yep. you want, tiger, whatever you want, tiger. Yep. And it blew up. And now he's got this relationship with his daughter and she introduced him to the, the, the golf hall of fame. He's playing in the par three with his kid. Like, I don't know. I just, I, I, I feel, I, I just, I want him to be successful as a person. I don't care so much about tiger as the golfer anymore. And I know that golf is what makes him feel alive. So I want, I want the best for him. I want him to just be happy because he had, I mean, he had a really horrific fall. I'll never forget that press conference. Like it broke oh. me watching him. Like that was just oh. awful. Like to have to go up there and admit, I, I mean, he never said the words sex addict, but he kind of like confirmed that, you know, I'll never get that New York post headline tigers addicted to sex. So like, Oh man, when his mom sitting right in the front row. Yeah. Oh, Right? Like how do you, how do you, like, how do you oh. have your personal, personal stuff? Like your intimate thoughts or like what you like intimately now is in the media and these women are all coming out of the woodwork. And like, Ooh. it's just, I don't know, man, that's, I, I could never imagine what that must've liked to, 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 to go to being going through that. And now he's on the other side. I mean, I remember thinking like, he's it, that's it, it's done. We'll never at that press conference. Like we'll never see him again. He will never be, there's no way he recovers from that. And somehow the guy did. And then he drove his car off a goddamn road and almost killed himself. And he lived. What? Yeah. And now we, uh, uh, again, uh, Tiger Woods, that's it. He's done. And I was like, I drive that GV80, that Hyundai GV80 that he crashed. I drive it like once every six months or once a year, whenever they come out with a new version, either GV70 right. or GV90, I drive, I drive a GV80. Like I get how he lost control of that car. I totally understand it because that right. car can fly. Right. And if you're not comfortable with it and you don't realize it, it's a light car with a big engine. And if any air gets between you and the tire, woo, you're gone. That's what happened to him. And do I think he was sober? No, but right. fine. I mean, you know, did they draw, did they give him a blood test? No, which was weird. <laughs> like, okay. A little strange. Police said he, he appeared to be totally fine. Okay. He appeared to be fine, but did you test him? Well, no. E. Okay, fine. Right. But he's back and he actually might be playing competitive golf yeah, a year plus after like that happened. Masters. Like Dubsy before you came in said he yeah. was thought he was gearing toward the British Open in St. Andrews. That'd be cool. But he's playing the Masters. In April. This happened again in April. In February of 2021. <laughs> the dude, they actually talked about amputating his yeah. leg. Yeah. That we don't know if we can save the leg, the limb. Right. Is, I, I never get that at the press conference. They talked about taking my limb. Right. When he said that was like, <laughs> like it was yeah. jarring to hear him say limb. Like, yep. 
yeah, we had to save the limb. Like, whoa. Okay. Like, but that's a guy with a military background and he guy who grew up around military people. And that's a, a lingo that you'd hear military people talk about calling your, your leg, your limb, but that's what he is. That's his mentality. And you know, is he a good person? No. Tiger Woods has been a really bad person, but bad people can make amends and bad people can come back if they apologize and make good. And I think he's trying to do that through his kids. And I just think well, it's they nice. They teach you, don't they? They teach you. I I, I think he's able to see it now. If if you know if you really want to, you can learn so much from the kids. That's where I, yeah. That's where it really like turned for me. Like when I saw him playing with Charlie, I, I could I was mesmerized by it because yeah. the kid is looks him, like him. <laughs> in a like miniature him. version. He's walking. He walked with that yeah. confidence. He pointed it at that hole when he made that putt, and I was like. That is cool as hell. The tempo, now, the swing, right? The, the, the turn everything. of the club. It's all, it's, yeah, it's so wild. It's, it's so cool. And I was just like, okay, now he wants to play as much for him yes. as he wants to for those kids. Hey, I'm okay. Yeah. I can do what I did. I, I love golfing and I'm going to do it. I'm going to show you, you can do anything. I must have yeah. almost lost my limb. You know? <laughs> I had a crazy dad moment last night with Madeline for the first time. So I was editing a, she, she wanted to lay down upstairs. And so I had my computer. I took the computer upstairs. I never do this. I never, I always do all my work in this room. And she was like, daddy, will you lay down? I want to lay down when you go upstairs. I was like, yeah. So I went upstairs and like, she literally watched me edit audio. And she was like mesmerized by it. She's like, I've never watched you do this before. I'm like, yeah. She's like, can you teach me this? And I was like, yeah, I can teach you this. It was just, it was so crazy. I was just like, I never thought in a million years she actually would give a flip about audio right. editing, but she yeah. actually was like, this is cool. Like I've never, and she was watching the video of us and she's like, I've never seen you guys. Like, how do you, you know, you post to YouTube. I'm like, yeah. She's like, how do you edit to YouTube? I'm like, just watching those wheels go was pretty cool. I was like, that's awesome. something that she's never asked before. Like she's never shown any interest in this. And like, now yep. she's like really kind of locked in. I was like, okay, what do you do every night when you're doing this type of stuff? So it is funny how your kids just kind of gravitate towards what you do. And I'm sure Tiger, the first time Charlie picked up a golf club was probably like, all right, how do you feel about it? And watching him do that. And maybe he thought his daughter might've done it. And his daughter might've been like, I have no interest, whatever. And then Charlie's like, yeah, I want to do it, dad. Let's right. figure it out. Let's go, let's go do it. So it's, I don't know. I just, I, I, I have a place in my heart for tiger. I do. And it's beyond sports. It's just yep. as a person, I have a place in my heart for him. And I want the guy to be healthy and happy and all the money in the world. It doesn't matter if you're not healthy and you're not happy. Mm -mm. And I think he, like, I don't know him at all. I just, he seems happy with his kid out there playing golf. He seems like he's happy. So yep. a shot of tiger walking, a final round at the masters with Charlie walking around, you know, walking beside his dad as they're playing at Augusta, like as he's competing, trying to win the masters is just too damn cool to not get excited about. Right. Even not this year, next year. Cause we thought we lost it. We thought we lost him. Like, right. <laughs> that car was gone. <laughs> like that car was a crushed can. Yep. And his leg was in there. And that was like, okay, that's it. Yep. I mean, if he, if he wins the masters, where does that story rank in terms of comebacks? All time. Number one. Can't think of anything better off the top of my head. <laughs> you. 
It's unbelievable. I mean, he won a major after all the hell he went through. I thought that was the greatest comeback of all time. True. When he won that, and that was like, wow. That that was was like, like, what the hell? He won won the Masters? He won another major after all the hell he went through? The the low of the low that he was at? The hell he was in? He won another one? He tied Jack with that? Now he beats Jack after losing his limb? Get out of here. (laughs) Nothing, nothing. Or almost losing his limb. Nothing. Talk no. about movies. Good luck playing him. I don't know who would want to play him. That's going to be a better tough, than, tough ask. Better than any movie you could script. It literally writes itself. It's very, very true. All right. Wednesday, we're going to start. I'm going to make you do this tomorrow, Dave. We're going to start touching on some baseball. Okay. Start okay. start talking about this just a little bit more. We got to start looking at this. We're, it's crazy. Opening day is literally next week. It's next week, opening day. Did you freeze at the end of the show? He froze at the end of the show. It's fine. We'll wrap the show. We'll wrap it up. Follow us on TikTok, Instagram, at BetProps. Follow us on Twitter, at Boston versus the book. He's a frozen Dave. I'm Matt. We're back tomorrow for the Bostonian versus the book.